Welcome back to the Dune Hippie Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Clean, and we have another new show for you. It's been a little while, over a year since I put a show out, and it's 2024. Uh, we're going to try to bring this thing back and try to get some episodes back out this year. So, first one coming up, Rick Lefevre Jr., uh, stunt guy out of Chicago and new to the pre-runner world. We get talking all about it in here. Um, actually, can't, me and uh, Rick got hooked up through... Uh, coming to my company doing hippie machine that i own and doing some shock service for him so came and dropped his shocks off we got talking um talking all about him being a stunt guy and i was super interested by it so invited him when he picked his shocks up to do a podcast so this is what you're getting you're hearing uh he came finished his shocks up he came to pick him up and we uh hopped on the podcast here and recorded this show for you so super fun to uh do this again i'm uh thankful for all you guys that have sent me messages over the last years uh, talking about the podcast telling me that you're re-listening to old episodes asking for new episodes um this is a just a passion project this is something i do on the side and uh you know kind of gets kicked to the back burner quite often but i try to bring this thing back because there's enough of you guys that hit me up and uh it's fun so it was awesome to get rick in here bringing it back and we're going to try to keep this thing going for the rest of 2024 so Hope you enjoy the show, getting ready for the season. This is Rick Refleaver Jr. and the Dune Hippie Podcast. Thanks for listening. It's, I just got to listen to one scene. and Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Whatever. I got to coordinate a fight scene between two actors. So <laughs> make sure they don't, they don't give me something that I'm like, hey, wait, we didn't talk about this. <laughs> like, that looks super fake. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing it this way. <laughs> Move out of the way. We're going to make it like this. Two doctors fighting in the OR, yeah, that makes in the operating room, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, that makes uh, we'll get people introduced to who you are because now they're talking and no one will be like, <laughs> okay, who's this dude talking about fight scenes? But we got a podcast coming back. We've got Rick in here. Go ahead and introduce kind of your name and just kind of give like a little bio kind of yeah, about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Of who you are. Man. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I, my name is Rick Lefevre Jr. Um, uh, I'm a professional stuntman uh, in Chicago. Um, I'm a rookie pre-runner owner, I guess is a way of saying it. <laughs> uh, bought myself a truck, uh, Cody Nenderhood's truck last year in March. It was my 30th birthday gift and then uh, proceeded to learn a whole lot this past summer and uh, had you uh, re- rebuild my shocks for me this in, uh, this past November. So yeah, that's kind of who I am, I guess. Been doing stunts for 14 years now, just about. So yeah. So. Yeah, I say you come, uh, me being uh, part of, I have the podcast, I've got my machine stuff, I do shock stuff, so that's how we got hooked up, was yeah, doing some shock service on your rig, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of what was it, I guess what was the draw being a stunt guy, and also kind of mention your location where you live, you don't live right here in Michigan, so you got a little bit of a drive to get yeah. to our dunes, but so what was like kind of the draw for you as like a stunt guy to be like, okay, I need to get a pre-runner, or, <laughs> Camping uh, in Silver Lake. Yeah, so I guess it it wasn't really. I would say like being a stunt guy was the draw. It was part of it, but more or less it was. Uh, as a kid, I always wanted to do trophy trucks and racing. Uh, just being in the Midwest, there really wasn't a spot for that. I guess that I could find my like kind of find a way into it. Uh, coming from stunts, there's I know a ton of guys from LA that you know do 
do like the Baja 1000 and the 500 and the Mint and all those. And okay. So that's where maybe like your exposure more to off-road was, that's, was from working out in like Southern California. Uh, seeing my dad's friends growing up okay. that would come in or we'd meet like the one guy is like my uncle. He was one of the very first Ironmen. For okay. the Baja 1000 on dirt bikes. Yep. And he's just done it a ton of times. Really cool dude. He's yeah, got cool sweet. stories. Yeah. So I guess like. Sounds just being cool. around, like growing up around Listen it and hearing the stories. stories. Yeah. yeah. So, and like, I guess it's kind of cliche, but like dust to glory. I mean. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, and, like, yeah I'm... Bragging rights and all that stuff. So yeah. like, we, me and my, well, I was really me and my brother, we rode dirt bikes and four wheelers forever. And, um, as I kind of got more busy with stunts and got out of college and everything, I found myself with a little extra uh, financial stability. And it's like, oh, I'll get a UTV. And then didn't really love, I had a YXZ for a while and put a cage on it and all that, you know, fun things and dumped a ton of money into it to realize that it still bucks like crazy when you hit a, hit a jump because the suspension's all weird. Um, yeah, I say the side by sides, that's one thing I've, I've never really experienced a lot of jumping in side by side, but, but just because it always, I just see so many of them, at least. In like OEM form too. A lot of people mess with them and can get them working good. But like an oh. OEM one, people just take them out in the dunes, and I, yeah, you just see all sorts <laughs> of angles endo. off of lips, and you're like, wow, that just <laughs> it looks like you're just gambling. Every oh yeah, time. yeah, just rolling the dice, and hoping to God you yeah. don't endo it. Yeah. Just yard sale down the end of the wow, test. <laughs> but then a lot of times it's like, wow, you got insurance, huh? Yeah, whatever. I'll get another yeah, one. Get yeah, get another one. Uh, like a throwaway off-road vehicle oh god i couldn't even imagine to do, like to have that kind of money to do that just be like yeah you know just send it whatever if it, if it total it i'll so get that was one. your entry point though and kind of yeah, yeah you're like wow okay if i'm gonna dump a bunch of money into something i want to pick something else yeah i kind of got sick of the yxz it was like i said it was fun you know cool build you know because you know it has the ratchet shifter and all that stuff or the yep. sequential shifter and that's really neat and but uh I just always like always was on Facebook, you know, Facebook Marketplace, the drug of all, you know, men with car problems. Yeah, the new uh, age, yeah, and the, the new, new age Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and my brother got to talking. We were always like, "Oh, see, we can just find some built pre runners and just kind of figure it out." Uh, we didn't come from a fab background, barely a mechanic background. Both me and my brother are kind of like self taught mechanics. He's a f- learning fab guy, I guess. And uh, truthfully, it was like right around twenty twenty one. We really started getting serious about looking for him. And he and I were just kind of like, all right, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Because we don't really know. So we started like following all the guys up here. So we knew who to go to, to learn. Just on social media, just finding guys. exactly. And then I think it was, I can't remember if it was 21 or 22. Justin, my brother, came uh, to the pre-runner invasion. He brought this hoopty truck that he bought from a friend of ours. (laughs) I think it was like, it's like a, it was a cat eye v8 that he cut the bed out of and like tried to weld in front like it was just this awful like thing but he sent it up test hill made a bunch of friends uh and came back with like and really kind of lit the fire on me so i'll give my brother credit for that like hey let's do okay this. so he was the one yeah. that yeah, kind of jumped a little more into the toes first and was like okay let's go see what's going on yeah because we knew of silver lake okay. from when we were kids because we used to vacation in south haven since we were children like babies okay and my parents found Silver Lake when we were in like high school, like or when I was in high school, I guess. Like, kind of, you were in South Haven, venturing up the lake yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, because we used to do like you know the dune rides in Saugatuck, and like yeah, we'd go, go to what yeah. It? There's definitely when people when you ask people about sand dunes in Michigan, it's just like you gotta right away figure out, be like, are you talking about have you 
some people go nuts about like sleeping bear dunes. Okay. Those are even further nor- up north, but like they're a great hiking dune. There's a, it's a national park or it's a state park just like here, but it's just like, there's no RV. It's just oh. like a hiking area. Okay. But it's like very popular. People go up there, sure. but it's just like, no, 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 no. Silver Lake, RV, trucks, dirt <laughs> trucks, bikes. Dirt bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and growing up with the, we had, we both had quads at that time, or at least I did. I think he, he might've had a race bike. And we wanted, my parents like wanted to get us out of the, the rental house. They're like, all right, we go to the beach every day. These kids are getting restless. They're all in high school. Or me and my sister at least were. And they found the old, well, whatever they were, four side-by-sides. They're like the yellow, like centrifugal clutch, like dune buggy rentals okay. up here. Yeah, the they're still around. You, can, you okay. can still get them. Yeah, so my parents brought us up here and they're like, let's let's rent two of these. And I think I, I rented a red one and my mom and dad rented a yellow one to drive my brother around. Okay. It was... We weren't going real fast. We weren't going anywhere, you know, jumping anything. But it was one of the funnest things we'd ever done. So that was like your first experience. That's when Silver Lake became like a thing. Like, all right, we need to come back here. And like, this needs to be something we do every time. You could tell you're getting like buried and people are just like flying by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're being that guy that's just like, okay, I can tell that we are very very ill-equipped here yes everyone else i mean we're in one of those we're still having a lot of fun yeah we're we're going up the like the side of like test hill not the steep part but like if you were to go around uh like the one way towards like the beach and go up the like side angle of okay, it yep. we were like forcing we'd come down some dune like completely cross traffic like like every other <laughs> rental and like come flying up the side of the dune praying like kind of getting up there and a few times we'd make it if the sand was just hard enough but it was like that was like our thing and then turn down yep. and go through the one way and it was <laughs> you know it was, I it mean, was that's fun. uh, a lot of people. I try to. It's just like, yeah, don't lose sight of like, man, those beginning days. When you look back on it, it's just like, I mean, yeah, I I once owned a truck that was, it was a 1987 Dodge Raider, and like every memory in the dunes was amazing in that. But the thing was stuck in four low. Okay, yeah, I could. The linkage was. I don't even know. I mechanically, I was not very good then. I was 17 when I had this thing. Okay, so I just pretty much put gas in it and sometimes put oil in it. But it was stuck in four low. I just drove it around my little hometown. Okay. And it would only go 45 miles an hour because it was just winding out in low gear. <laughs> but I just drove it that way because I paid 300 bucks for this thing. Dude. But that's how that was. I would just, I mean, I bet I tried one day like 30, 40 times to try to make it up test tail. It got five foot from the lip every time. And it just like. Just sit there. It just wasn't going to do it. And yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Like, I guess I, <laughs> I guess they're really. I'm just backing down all day long, and yeah, I was just like, "No, I'm just that guy, and I don't care." I paid 300 bucks for this thing. Yeah, and that's the it's the I don't care. Like it's, yep. it was so much. It was so much fun, regardless of the of what was the financial that you had into it at the yeah. time. It and then I got to, I spent half my day trying to go up a hill. To then I never made it, and I went, "Well, I guess I can't do that." And I guess I'm gonna go play by the beach. Yeah, <laughs> on these little hills. But you still, it was a great memory. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, you know, it's so funny. On a side note, I didn't even know what a Dodge Raider was until like three days ago. Oh, yeah? This is now the second time I've ever heard of them. Yeah, I owned one. I want to find another one. They're an imported vehicle. Dude, I saw They're one They're an for imported sale. Mitsubishi. There's one for sale north of... Well, we can talk about that later. It's okay. like minty, and they want like nine grand for it. Like sticks, like problem. black. Like Yeah, I mean... So my problem is I bought one of these for $300. <laughs> now the frame was snapped in half when I bought it. Sweet. Yeah, that's great. So I took it to a buddy of mine. This is the story of it. We took it to a buddy of mine, uh, Dueling. A lot of people know him. To his grandpa. Okay. And Because neither of us could weld back then. We were in high school. And brought it to his grandpa, and he was just like, you want me to weld that tinfoil back together? That's just, I remember him <laughs> saying that. He like, oh, that frame looks like tinfoil. We ain't gonna, it was all rusty and uh, cracked. So we took this big, I think, like quarter-inch, like three-inch uh, angle iron and sandwiched it all around with C-clamps, and he got under there with a stick welder and just started burning stick rod on this thing and oh, got it all backed up, and that's how I drove that thing. I drove that thing for like a whole summer, and then I sold it in the fall for, uh, 
I want to say I sold the thing for like 350 bucks. I made $50, so made $50 on bucks. it. <laughs> and the, the guy that bought it, when he left out of the driveway where I sold, I sold it at my buddy's house. Uh, the gas line blew off the carburetor and started Wait. spraying gas. Heck yeah. So that makes you tell tailgate <laughs> warranty. It's already out of the driveway. In front of my buddy's house. And the guy's working on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're sitting in his house. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Did it dog track at all after you guys like? I don't well, even know. Frame? Like so you go down the road, you ever see one of those when it looks like it's coming right at you because oh, the yeah. ass end of it's I'm on sure the other side. Did. I oh only have like I don't even know where these pictures are. I have like three pictures. I so I rhino lined the whole thing was rusty, so I bed lined the whole thing. So Hell yeah! It was black bed liner. If you leaned on it, it would scrape your skin off. Oh. And then I painted the grill lime green, Monster Energy green. Yeah. So yeah, that was seventeen year old me, like dude, hardcore every- Monster Energy guy. Oh yeah, dude, same. Everybody, I was just like, ah, like, oh, let's paint black and lime green. Absolutely, that's the coolest Absolutely. color combo ever. Everything back then, <laughs> I, I mean, know we're close to the age, so like, I remember everything back then. I owned had a monster sticker on it. Oh yeah, everything, everything. for a while was black and green. Be like, huh? What should I paint this? Let's do black and lime. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's be real creative with this. Yeah, and it was it was either that or metal militia. Everything was either <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was all that kind of stuff. But I remember like we put stickers on the four wheelers. You know, have like a Raptor three hundred and fifty or whatever it was, and be like, oh, that adds fifty horse. You know, yep. like, you just add a monster sticker. <laughs> Those uh. So those Raiders, the best thing about them, man, I want one another one so bad. They had independent suspension seats in them, so they had like a whole crazy seat setup. Plus, they had a they had a gauge on the dash that was called the tiltometer, and all it was was like a water style compass ball okay. that would tilt and tell you what degree your truck was at, and it would give you a warning angle of when you, <laughs> the thing was going to roll. Where it would correct itself? Where, oh, well, man. Not where... It's just like an analog ball that was tilting in water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if it would like it was like, once you got to 35 degrees, like, danger, you might roll. <laughs> so I think it was like this off-roading thing. Okay. But, uh, Early yaw control or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, like, it's just uh, like some random gauge that they decided to put in them. But they were this imported... They were made of this... It was a Mitsubishi Montero. And then Dodge bought them, okay, and imported them and sold them in America as Dodge Raiders for how long? Like, couldn't it be- um, not long. It was like mine was eighty seven, so I think it was like eighty seven to ninety two or ninety three. Okay. Sounds about Five where they made so, them. Yeah. So, so it's like the Ford. It's like Ford with the Mazda B series and the Rangers. Yeah, exact same, same, same thing. thing. It was just yeah. an imported thing. They yep. just called it. They're like, we don't want to build this, but we want to sell them with our name on them. So same thing. I don't know if too many companies do that anymore with cars. They did that a lot back in the day where cars would just like, hey, yeah, we we have customers that want one of those. We are not going to build it. So we'll just buy yours and then we sell them. I mean, I think the most recent one that I know of would be like the Chevy SS. Which was like 13, Mm. 14, and 15, I think. Yeah. Which was like a Holden Commodore or something like that. It's basically, it's like a four-door sedan. Looks like the Malibu kind of, like a little sportier Malibu. I mean, yeah, I've only ever seen one once. Yeah, and it person. has a uh, LS something in it. I can't yep. remember, but I know I know guys on on my side of the pond. There's a bunch of guys that have have them, and they put monster turbos off the front of them, and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, yeah. Anyways, I don't even remember. We got on a tangent about Dodge Raiders, and I got all excited. I know. I'm oh. sorry. I, I got so stingy over the Raiders. It was first doing stories of <laughs> you're talking go, yellow yeah. buggy. We yeah. were talking. I said, yeah, the first for those first times, and when you have uh. Before you realize how much money you're going to have invested into this hobby. Yeah. When you're still doing it cheap. That's what we were talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it took several years. I mean, before, I mean, obviously, because I didn't get into a pre-runner until this past year. Yeah. Which, so then it just, so it switched from the buggies with, then to bikes and quads, something like that. Yeah. I mean, we were always around bikes and quads. Um, never really like raced, but we always rode. Um, 
and it, it was Silver Lake just was always kind of like this like novelty to us because we were so far away. You know, it's a four and a half hour drive. Um, so the switch, I mean, we, like I said, we'd come up here with our family. I don't think I ever, I hadn't visited, visited here in easily six, seven years, maybe eight years Okay. until I bought the truck. Okay. Just because we find like, we're going to do this. Justin found a truck in Southern Indiana that has been a bane of his existence, but he figured, he's finally figured it out, which is good. It's a uh, back half to uh, 72 or 71 F100. Okay. That came from LA. I don't know. It's got a 392 big block in it. It had a bunch of fueling problems. It turned out that the fuel cell, the pickup and the um, return were swapped. So oh, yeah. it was all it was problems. It was only picking up fuel if the tank is completely full and he was wondering why it was spitting. And anyway, he'll have it he'll have it really running um probably by pre runner invasion. I think he's got yep. it sorted. But yeah, it was I told myself, I was like, I'm turning thirty. There's no other time in my life I'm probably gonna be able to do this because there's a chance I you know I could be married or something in the next few years. And I'm like, I'm gonna do this. Like so big thanks to like Ben Pond, you know, showed me Cody Nenderhood's truck. And then, uh, and Josh DeGraff and Tyson were always so great, you know, kid from Illinois reaching out to him and be like, Hey, I know nothing. Like, what do I do? Yeah, point, give me some pointers, yeah, give me, point me, in, the point right me in the right direction. And all, all of them were like, yeah, that's a good truck to start with. And so, yeah, it's pre-runner invasion last year, 23 was my first real year, like on the, on, on the dunes, like making time to get here on weekends and yep. play. And it was a pretty big learning curve with the truck and, uh, just cause it needed some updating and here and there and not that. Not, not that Cody didn't do anything wrong, uh, did anything wrong. The truck was great. The truck's great, but yeah, it just needed for me. I needed to update some stuff. Yeah, these for things don't last forever. No, I mean yeah. every time you take them to the dunes, you're essentially I. Uh, I like to just think about it when I'm driving my truck. I'm not as, I'm generally just listening to every noise and creak and be yes. like, okay, what is trying to rip itself apart today? <laughs> yeah, because that's what's happening. It's like no matter what you put. Oh man, I just put all new joints on it. Mm-hmm. Be like, they're only going to be nice new joints for a couple trips, and then they're going to be they're wearing every time, every right, time you right. jump it, every time you and it's just like, yeah, the years start going by, and then stuff starts breaking, and this is if you don't replace this stuff, yeah, you they crumble really fast. Yeah, and that's like I said, Cody did nothing wrong. I just I learned what I needed to do to maintain a truck. I've been maintaining quads and dirt bikes for so long, mm-hmm. and I've you know I've race cars, I have a drift car and stuff that. Actually, probably really taught me how to do mechanic work, but um, learn. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say with uh, you mentioned the drift car. Maybe before we get a little bit more into the truck and the dune stuff. Yeah. Bring back to I don't know if we really mentioned yeah where you're from and uh, kind of what you do. Oh sure. More as your profession. Yeah. Like the reasons why maybe I guess the way I guess understand it from your talking is like with your background being Mm -hmm. a stunt guy, just having a truck like. you know, it just kind of, uh, I would imagine it helps your it, range of it skills does. and gives you more variety to give you for work. A hundred percent. So like, I guess, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm a professional stunt man. I know that's kind of funny to say, like, uh, well, I'm you're not... the only stunt guy. I know. So, yeah. Well, that's why <laughs> yeah. I got you on the podcast. Uh, like, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you're I like, I'm a stunt guy. It's like, huh? Well, like it's one of those things. Everybody can probably list actors, but how many people mm-hmm. can actually watch like the credits on a movie? And like, I can't tell you even one stunt guy. Well, not, like, now you can at least look up. And but see, exactly see now, it's just like now I gotta know your movies. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. More wherever that they put the stunt guys in the scrolly thing. It's about you know, ten steps below the actors. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody else. that's important. Um, yeah. So um, to your point, like with the trucks. Um, yeah, it was another way of broadening broadening my talents and horizons of being a stuntman. Um, I'm not like your stuntman, like you see jumping cars at like the county fair, like 
I do work on film, uh, movies, TV shows, commercials, yeah. major productions. Um, and I actually, I got into it the same way my dad did. We were rodeo cowboys. Um, my dad did pro rodeo for years and I did it for years and I, I was a saddle bronc rider, did college and all that fun stuff and got tired of getting my butt kicked by horses. And that's <laughs> when I went and focused more on the, uh, motorsports world. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I had the truck was a cool way of, I wanted to push myself in a different realm of like, okay, I can ride quads pretty good. I'm halfway decent on a dirt bike. I want to see what I can do in the dirt with a, a full blown vehicle, not just like a side by side. Side by sides uh, are great, but I think they're like golf, like yeah. overpowered golf carts. Um, there takes a lot of talent to drive them, but it also I think it takes more to drive a big truck. Um, yeah. So essentially, yeah, if you ever had sort yeah a movie role of yeah, yeah. being able to manipulate like a large you know, five, 6,000 pound vehicle. Correct. Yeah. And knowing something, how to manipulate it and something less forgiving. Yeah. You know, when I get on a show, you know, hopefully I'll get on a show or like, Hey, we need someone to drop, you know, jump this Silverado or this Bronco or whatever, what yep. have you. They're like, yeah, I, I know how to jump. A, I know how to jump a vehicle. I can do yep. it. I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. Yep. I know how to hit the ramp. Probably even then, even not just because uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure you could get a lot of guys be like, Hey, who wants to jump this brand new right. Bronco? Everyone's, Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, well, can you do it? And like walk away and not break yeah, your Yeah. Do you know what, to, what goes into it? Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. The type of things. It's like, yeah, we don't really care about the, the Bronco's not going to survive, but like we don't need you breaking your back and yeah because then production's got to pay for it and the insurance it's a mess yeah. so yeah they they always so there's what i guess yeah what is that type of side more so like what does it take to get i guess get into that type of stuff or like the type of learning so yeah like the driving world of stunts is is i guess just like or stunts in general maybe just to put it in perspective of like so someone like me like yeah. i'm like hey if you need a guy to jump a <laughs> 1968 twinned beamed c10 <laughs> i'm probably your the guy best guy for it i guarantee it okay Outside of that realm, exactly. It's just like I'd be the guy that'd be like, "Hey, do you want to jump this for us?" Like, sure. Mm-hmm. But then I'd be sitting there when it's go time, and I'd be like, "Huh, am I gonna hurt myself right now?" Sure. Like, I'd have no clue. I would kind of know, like, well, I could. I would just be like, "Well, this is what my truck does." Mm-hmm. But then that's the thing is, it's like I would probably have a hard time actually dissociating, being like, "Well, the crap. different." Yeah, I'd be sitting there going, "Be like, oh, actually, you're not that good of a driver. You actually know how to drive one vehicle really well." Mm-hmm. You have no clue what you're doing in this thing right now. Yeah. That would be kind of, I think, if I'm being honest with myself, that'd be my mindset to where someone like you, what type of, I guess, training and other things would you have going through your mind to be like, oh, yeah, yeah I know I'm going to jump this thing. I'm going to wreck it. Yeah. But I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm going to go home today. Yeah. That, yeah. To your point. Um, so there's a lot that goes into any major vehicle stunt or stunt in general, and we could go down that rabbit hole later, but like jumping a vehicle, it helps to know how vehicles act in the air. You know, I know it sounds silly, but like growing up, like if you jumped your dirt bike or your quad or a side by side, or if you jumped the railroad tracks and you're hunting your 89 Honda Civic, I don't, you know, you, you kind of get a sense of what it does feel like to, for a vehicle to be airborne. Yep. Um, for stunts, everything is really, really planned out because they want everybody to walk away. They want to bring the best action, get it on camera because productions don't want to pay for it more than once. Especially uh, yeah. if we're jumping a vehicle or You're flipping a vehicle. Or, stuff. Yeah, they don't want to pay for it for more than once. So everything is like, we think of it like controlled chaos. Yeah, okay. Everything is so planned down to a T, like even to the the geometry of the ramps we're hitting. And like, what kind of vehicle am I in? Am I in a, you know, old boat of a Cadillac with no brakes? Or am I in a fully built custom pictured car or vehicle that's got a roll cage and a suspension seat and suspension work and, a, you know, a big motor in it? 
which only happens on major productions, truthfully. Most yeah, of the time we get really, some hoopty that, you know, you're... I say the thing that just keeps... As you're talking, I'm just like Fast and the Furious, probably. They're like... Oh, yeah. Stuff like that where they're just blowing cars up left oh, yeah. and right. Yeah, they got more money than they know what to do with. To and they're just... just strictly ah, let's blow up one of these. Yeah, let's blow like one we of got those ten up. of those. Just destroy that one. It's not even... Most of those cars aren't even real cars anyway. Yeah, they're just enough to make it look, look like a car. Yeah, exactly right. So, like, even, like, if you watch the Dukes of Hazard from whatever that was, like, okay. 09 or whatever it was, when they were jumping the general yeah. Yep. A lot of those weren't real General Lees. They just were shells. They were either shells or they were Crown Vicks that they just put the bodies on. Oh, okay. And they were, they were pretty much just a Crown Vic. Some of them were real. Hollywood tricks. Yeah, very much so. So a couple of them were real, like the one that you saw drifting around in Atlanta around the statue, like that's a real- uh, The real car. That's a real one that they put a some crazy drifting suspension underneath. I don't know the details. I was still pretty young, but I do know the guy that was driving that car. That's sweet. So- and actually, to the point, I was like, I brought up Fast and Furious. I know somebody um, that I met. He has a shop out in Arizona. Um, built three. I don't remember which Fast and the Furious movie it was for, but built three, uh, like off-road buggy trucks. Okay, for them and uh, like tricked them all out. Like I'm pretty sure King Shocks and everything. They were like short course link little buggies. I think it's the one that they kind um, of got like a rounded back to him. I don't remember the pic. It's very vague in my head, but essentially he's like he decked them out, had yeah, six yeah. gauges in them, six seats, harnesses, everything, Damn. like Sparco seats. He said they blew all three of them up. A hundred percent. Yeah, they <laughs> and don't he, was, care. Yeah. he said he was so bummed. He's like they did all the filming, and then he was he found out after he built them all, they were gonna blow them blow all up. up. So then, because he spent some of the budget on like really nice stuff, and just, he was just like, "Oh, can I get some of that stuff back out of there?" And they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, we don't care. We're blowing it up." Yeah. So, most I, of the time, you can get some stuff back if it's not, you know, completely. Yeah, he throttled. was telling me yeah. about. It. He's like, dude, I didn't know there. I built them like to build nice, like nice yeah. vehicles, and then he's like, they just blew them all up. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because they don't know what they're looking at. To them, it's just well, like exactly. there's a price tag above it. Like yep. if he's just like, I want to put those gauges in. I would just, put, you know, an oil <laughs> and a temp gauge. Yeah, just like basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, like, they wouldn't have even known any better. Like. But it's still cool. I'm just like, hey, dude, you got paid. It's still cool that they blew your stuff up. Like, they made them awesome. They blew them up. But yeah, I I know we keep kind of getting away from it. I'm sorry. Hey, no, that's Uh, fine. This is why the podcast is for (laughs) it's for tangent stories. The the training. So I look at when I'm like any vehicle. I told myself when I was getting back into stunts full time after college and stuff that I wanted to be able to climb in any vehicle and drive it well as best as my ability I can. So to do that, you know, obviously it didn't start with the pre-runners. It started with like getting in a Civic or a small front wheel drive car and being able, okay, I need to pull this handbrake and I need to slide it to within a foot of the camera and not hit the camera. Yep. So we'd set cones out and you'd practice with that. And then every stunt guy loves the Crown Victoria. It's the most bulletproof stunt car. We use them for everything. Okay. As much as they're a pain in the butt because they're always broken. I don't, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know what it is. They're, they're tanks, but they, I, don't, I have owned three of them and all three of them I had problems with. Yeah. Um, but I always put a big... There's just a bunch of them out there. Yeah, they're, they're dime a the dozen. police cars, yeah. Yeah, and I had one that was like still fully kitted. It had the lights and sirens and go around. I put a big out-of-service banner on it and drove it around town. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was dumb, but it was fun. <laughs> I sold that one. Everyone, man, I get some people pulling over. Oh, dude, I, I, won't, I can neither confirm nor deny that I was running late for work one day and decided to click on the reds and blues on the highway <laughs> because I was in traffic and went flying down the hazard lane. And I, like, this is hypothetical. I didn't do that. Uh but um, yeah, they were the the Crown Vicks have always been like our tr- like our training car mm-hmm. for the last twenty years. Um, we buy them cheap, we put handbrakes in them, or we don't, depending how you want to train. Um, the ones I owned, I put a big locking diff in them, like 
whatever that is a track lock or whatever it is it comes in the okay. Fords, yeah um and then i'd put like an irp dual caliper full handbrake handbrake so yeah. drifting brake in it to really learn how to throw them because if you can throw it like i'm not saying go out and do this but if you do do it safely somewhere uh <laughs> if you if you can drift a crown vic like a rear wheel car rear wheel drive heavy frame on bo- body on frame car like you can drive anything because those cars just want to swap ends. Like I say, with the weight of them, it seems like yeah. Once you get that thing in drift, it probably comes around real quick. Yeah, and they're they're they are slightly underpowered. Like you yeah, want okay. you those cars are begging for just a little more power, and their transmissions they love. You got to just like throw it down in one and pray. Yeah, because it it will either explode or it'll hang on. And I've <laughs> thrown cars around corners, you know, different Crown Vicks where actually in the recent years I've because of drifting that was another one drifting was a huge one of learning how to like really drive like without yeah. using a handbrake or without using a clutch kick throw a car so like through drifting i learned how to manji or like flick a car in what was that word you just said manji m m a n g i manji i might have just butchered that but a manji's like or like a scandy flick is another way of like saying it but you like swing left come back right and then mm, cut it so okay. it offsets the vehicle and then you stab yep. the gas cuz if you don't have a clutch or a handbrake um or even a foot brake, like we use parking brakes all the time to get cars to come around. Okay. But you know how those are nowadays are usually a cable and the tensioner. You get like two or three good pushes out of a like a push on, push off foot foot brake. Yeah. And like the handbrakes, you might get five because you can just keep pulling it up harder. Yep. Um, but then you gotta get under the car and tighten them up. To yeah, the cable you're stretching the cable exactly, really. or the shoes are going bad or whatever because they're yep. park the car not to slide the car <laughs> yeah to lock up tires and so slide it. but yeah like a scandy flicker emoji is like kind of swinging left or swinging right to come back okay. like Man, like I'm, an s not i need to remember that word because i do a lot of manjis on the dunes yeah, yeah you do <laughs> i say, no, you I, do i did I do it in it the ranger the time, like yeah. if you if you need to go you know slide a corner but you know you yep. have to offset the suspension so yeah, you, you load it up the one side ex- and then flick it in that's a manji or a scandy okay. flick yeah so that you cool. so you don't overload the one side where it's really digging in because, you know, like, the best thing you do with trucks when you want to slide them, or UTVs or cars, is to keep breaking traction. Yep. Yeah, you just keep want the rear that traction. spinning. Yeah, keep them spinning, because if you let out and they hook, that's when you're going to, depending how fast you're going, that's when you could roll or yep. break something. Yeah, and I don't I don't have a handbrake in my truck, but that's essentially how I do it. I, I like to slide that thing around. I yeah. like to run all terrains, because I like to keep the rear tires spinning. Yes. But, yeah, I like to... You know, 60, 70, and then I like to whip it right, and everybody goes, there's trees there. And it's like, yeah, and then you whip it back left. And That's a Manji, like, essentially. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm not going right. We're going left. It's like, well, why'd you swerve right? Well, it's like, <laughs> oh, you, have, you, have, you have a kid. You have, it's like the Cars movie. Like, Doc yeah, Hudson's yeah, like, exactly. you, know, you turn, into the, turn into the slide. It's the same idea. You just set it you up. You know, honestly, I would, I actually do, I would have to credit the Cars movie. When I first <laughs> heard that line, I remember actually, I don't remember where I was, but I do remember watching Cars, and I remember thinking about that. I'm like, what in the hell are they talking about? And it makes sense. And then, like, as I got thinking about it, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it just didn't exactly. Like, at that point, I probably was still, whenever Cars came out, like, teens, maybe, like, 20s. Yeah. But enough to the point, like, I was doing the parking lot, you know, drifting in the snow and and stuff. Like, oh, it is empty parking lot. Let's do some spins. And then exactly, like... Wound up in a few snowbanks because absolutely it was like, huh? I was turning right, but I was going left. How did that work? Yeah, and then exactly cars made it really click for me. It was like, ah, Doc Hudson. You know, it's funny. (laughs) You can actually see it in car. I know we're talking about a kids movie now, but like you can actually see it in cars. There's a point where Lightning McQueen. You'll see him. It's like a low angle animated clip, obviously, but like of his door and like his front tire. Mm -hmm. You see him turn his wheels left real quick and as he turns over he snaps the wheels back right and i'm like that's a flick like he, yep. he turned left 
to get him to get the car the to turn momentum. around and then cut it back right to hold the slide. And then yep. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's yep. literally it. So, so now, like I said, if if there's any movies out there that need a guy in a 1968 I'll call to do Manji's out in the sand, I'm the guy. <laughs> Dude, I keep hoping one day I'm gonna get because I coordinate shows too now in the last five years. So I'm the my own. I'm the boss. I get to do all the hiring okay. and firing for the stunt department and um and build the scenes. So they'll give me a script and be like, "Hey, these two people are gonna fight, or this okay. is this car chase. What do you what do you need to make it happen?" I guess I was and that brings up a question I was gonna have earlier, kind of with like. So you're a part of actually building the stunts Correct. based on it. So kind of maybe a little tangent, let's go off on here of yeah. what's it like, what kind of team and people are you working with when they bring you a script or like, okay, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where do you go from there to then come back to those people with something and say, Hey, this is what we can, this is what I sure. can do. Sure. So I guess we'll, we'll just, we'll stick with cars cause it's easy enough. So like if we have a get a car chase, like I, I have one coming up for a show, I, I can't dive into too many details because of the NDAs and, you know, stuff like that. But um, I have a car chase coming up. It's two high-end. One's a Range Rover. One's going to be an AMG C63 SUV, some Mercedes thing um, that they want to do a car chase with. It's two women chasing each other. But my job is to hire two stunt women who can drive both of those vehicles that are at the highest level of their driving capabilities because I need them to know they, they better not hit a camera. They better not hit a parked car. They have to be able to throw these things around corners, hop curbs know where the vehicle's going to be as as far as size and how mm-hmm. it's going to move. Range Rovers are notoriously a pain in the butt because they're all-wheel drive and they're back-end heavy. And they okay. as soon as they feel brake traction, all the new Range Rovers, they they literally, and Land Rovers too, they just shut down. They just like, all their power just falls off. It's like uh, a safety thing. It's, yep. it's reducing so power, trying to get traction back. Yeah, and like one of the tires will fire up and it, it'll, it can really throw you the wrong way. Um, the AMG will do whatever we want. Something about Mercedes, they still like to have, the, they still like to party. Yeah, they so, still let you go. Yeah, yeah you go. it's like BMW. Like they, <laughs> they give you the switches that actually shut things off. Um, but my job is also to like for the traffic, the traffic that's around those two cars, those are stunt people. Yeah, okay. So I go to the guys, so uh, it's a little bit sidebar, I guess, too, is we own Midwest Stunts Association. That's my dad's company. It's been around for 40 years now. Okay. Um, so we have a group of people that we all trust. And stunts is a lot of trust is knowing the guy next to you or the woman next to you is going to perform to the best of their ability and not get you killed or hurt. Yeah. So for like car chase scenes, I've got like 10 guys and gals that I can call upon and be like, hey, I need this to happen. I need you to work this day. This is what we're doing. And throughout the day, I will set them in certain positions. And I usually carry like little matchbox or Hot Wheels cars. Okay. And I'll, I'll draw the, the the road on like the sidewalk and I'll set out the cars and be like, hey, this is you. This is you. This is Act them coming the around. Scene. Yes. And show them. Okay. And be like, all right, now let's, let's rehearse. So now we get, we have this vehicle that we use a lot for filming. It's called the Ukraine or it was called the Russian arm. It's a Mercedes with a crane on top with a camera on the end of it. Okay. So that's what we use for car chases a lot. And you'll see them if you look in the behind the scenes of, um, Pretty much any major car film in the last you can see 15 one years, of these things. you're going to see one of these things. Okay. They're phenomenal vehicles and a piece of equipment that we use all the time. It's where you get the really cool shots where like if a car's flying down the road and you see the actor and then it kind of comes down the side of the car and you see the wheels and kind of up and around and it looks like it comes all the way around the car like it orbits it. Mm-hmm. That's usually a, a Ukraine or something okay. of that nature. But so I will call upon these people and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. We'll get out there on the day. I'll set up the scenes with my director and make sure the director is happy because obviously it's their vision that I'm trying to create. And I just put my stunt spin on it so that, so that, it, that I bring the action to this, this, this scene. So for like this upcoming one, I need, uh, I need the Range Rover to hop a curb. Sounds really simple. 
and for any of us that have whacked a curb, you know, you, it's not that big of a deal. But yeah. for us, she's got to do it on a mark and not hit a camera and make sure that there's traffic looking like in the background and like yeah. she'll have to come through an intersection, kind of come around like a big barrier, and then she she's supposed to fake right and then jam left and she'll jump the curb or the the whatever it is like it's like a center median yeah and then she's gonna cut off two cars so i need to make sure that that guy she's cutting off i can trust him that he's not gonna hit her Mm. and that the guy that she's cutting off on the other side he's gonna jam the brakes and he knows that his distance is he knows where that car is gonna land obviously yeah he can't be too far he's they're gonna hit her and you can't have the guy stopping 40 feet behind and being like huh it looks like that guy looks awful yeah things need to look tight you know it needs you can't telegraph things even in any other stunt we do whether it's fighting full burns high falls it's got to look natural otherwise yep. people they, can they see it yeah. people can tell yeah the audience sees it yeah maybe, maybe they do maybe they don't but like i see it but it's because i work in the industry uh, yeah, like, <laughs> true, exactly i'd be like oh that punch missed oh that car didn't do what it was supposed to do like i look at the bi- the broader picture of all of it so yeah a little side question how is it watching movies for you that you don't work on <laughs> um, i say do you do you have like way different classification people are like this movie's amazing you're like yeah there's two sun scenes that it's just awful <laughs> um <laughs> I'm probably, if you ask my girlfriend, I'm probably terrible to watch movies with because I commentate pretty much the whole time. That I say that's what I mean. Yes, I'm uh, that. I'm. I guess I'm the same person too, though. When I watch movies, all the 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 thing will happen. It's just like, hey, you have a phone in your pocket. You could call and end this movie right now. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. but there's 40 minutes left. But it's not. Then the story's no fun. Like exactly, yeah. it's just like it's a movie. Or like the, it's always the good guy gets like a flesh wound. He gets shot through the stomach, but it's like it misses all vital organs, and he's still able to like continue a <laughs> yeah. full blown battle. Like any any John Wick movie, it's like. How many times has this guy been shot, and how many people is he fighting? Yeah, it's like just it's, walking, it's shot through the leg, no bones, got yeah, broken. totally fine. Like like it's a oh, tis but a scratch, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. but, but then, uh, yeah, then I I usually get in my trance. I'm like, yeah, that's why you're watching this though, because it's a ridiculous movie. Yes, like, yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be like you know, kill a million dudes and all the gun battle and driving. And it looks awesome and it keeps your attention. That's and that's why they do it. Um, but yeah, I'm probably pretty miserable to watch movies with. Um, I will say I. I get jealous of like if I see a major stunt or not even jealous. I just yeah, I guess it, I'll call it jealousy. Like man, I wish that was me. You know, it's like like That's any a, person. You, yeah. So you it goes I guess the other way. You see some stuff you're like oh man that yes, guy yes. missed. But then also you see stuff you're like oh wow that was like that was sick. that was really sick. I yeah. wish I was involved in that. Absolutely. Okay. I see stuff like that all the time where I'm like man those stunt people did an incredible job. I wish I was part of that stunt team because uh, I'm you know being a stunt person. There's like. I don't want to call it clicks, but there's like areas like Chicago's its own area. LA is its own area. Mexico, well, and like you said, Atlanta. those circles of trust. Yes. There's correct. Circles they, of trust where you kind of got, and there's, yeah, there's going to be multiples all, all over yes. the country. So they have, they have, you, you get your people you want to hire, you know, yep. like, yes, I hire out when I need something special or if someone recommends someone to me, you know, I, I'll do that. Um, but uh, normally I stick with the people we have because I know what they're capable of unless, yep. I, unless I need something special. And that goes for across the country too. So what you might see like like the John Wick films, we'll just go back to those because they were such high action. It's like those are shot mostly overseas or some done in New York. I think the second one was predominantly done in New York, I think. But a lot of that stunt team like in the most recent one was like French and English stuntmen. And it they d- it wasn't even in America. No. And the few American guys that were on it, were they did some big stuff. but the way Europe does their stunt, like their stunt classifications is entirely different than the United States. Okay. So like here you, you could go and do two stunts, get into get, it's called getting Taft heart lead, which means you're, you're eligible for the union. Cause we're all union. Okay. It's called SAG after screen actors guild. Um, 
you do two jobs, you get tafted, means you're eligible, you pay in, you get a card. So here, someone can do that and have done, you know, two easy days of just falling down and they're a stunt person technically. Okay. But real stunt people would be like, they haven't done anything real yet. They're yeah. just, they've done a few small things, they're fine, but they I'd like, say the classification is just really too broad then. Yes. Because the person that did two days falls down, but there's a guy, Does it, is there any other higher level of, in the union of cheating, you know, the guy no. that's been doing it 40 years that can drive the cars? No. I wish, just, yeah. The card's the same. It's the same. It's the same across the board. So but then it comes down to your resume of- Correct. And what, what you're you only as good as your last job. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of way, like how I look at it, like, if I botched my last job really bad- Who's going to hire me? Why yeah. would they? I, I guess, and yeah, in the world you do, it's like, yeah, you're putting, you're literally putting your work out to be judged. Correct. Like people yeah. can just find, be like, oh, you worked on this? Let's watch it. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. They'll like just pull it up and be like, oh, there he is. Like, that's what he did. That was okay. Or that looked great. Let's bring him on. And, yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say was the way Europe does it is you actually have to get certified. Okay. So a panel of people, and I'll explain why they don't do that here, but a panel of people will make you do a bunch of tests and they'll say you're like level like one, two, or three. In that specific stunt, whether it's driving, fire burns, gymnastics, diving, you know, whatever, broad spectrum. They thought about trying to do that here and it kind of came down to like, well, who's to say that? Like, just because you think I'm really good at doing something, the other guy says I'm not. And it's like, there's no, it's all opinionated if if you're good or not, unless you can actually like show up and do it. And it's like, oh yeah, he's really good at it. So they didn't do that here. Yeah, it was hard to implement it. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. You know, we have such Hmm. big stunt communities here that like stunt groups, like my dad's and mine, like Midwest stunts. There's also stuntman's association, brand X stunts, unlimited international stunt association, international women's stunt association. There's these groups. Yep. And if you're in the groups, like you're the top tier, you're the guys that are good stunt people. You you do good work. Yep. You're getting calls. You're getting the calls. Yeah. Yeah. For work and more work. Yes. And they're like, that's like, I guess to your, like what you were saying, like maybe SAG doesn't do anything, but if you're in those groups, like that's your, that's your yeah. upper echelon of like okay the sag the sag is what you it's like the entry level though it's, yeah. you got to do that first and then you start working and then exactly building your people doing more stuff right right starting out the low yeah it's like yeah i'm just a fall guy right now been doing fall stuff for two two three months trying for, to yep oh you got something else different like oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah i can i've never done that but i'll try it yeah it's ground and pounding you, you yep. know you you maybe you come in with there's you come a lot of people come from all different backgrounds stunts is really cool that way it's like like obviously, like for me, it was rodeo, horses, and motorsports. Like I wasn't a gymnast, gymnast. I wasn't a martial artist, and um, but like one of my really close friends was a gymnast. So okay. his talents are very different from mine. So then, yeah, I say I was just thinking of a question. Then, as as you've gotten into stunts, has like what got you? What style of stunts? I guess yeah. Do you like? specifically like work on do you try to get more work on obviously <laughs> different than if you're not a gymnast like yeah, yeah you can't really sign up for doing gymnast stuff if you don't know how to do the flips yeah doing like yeah so like i i tend to steer away from like parkour training and stuff like that yeah I, for a while i wanted to do it all that's like anybody, yeah, I say, it like, seems like i guess that's where i'm getting it, it seems like you could really either be like a broad guy that mm-hmm. can kind of be like well i'm a medium level at like all of this yeah, correct or you could be like i'm gonna pick a couple things to specify on like i can easily imagine parkour it's like yeah there's probably dudes that just do parkour and that's like yeah all they do yeah and there are and that really came around like the divergent movies i don't know, I remember yeah those. i remember divergent there's another one with that taylor lautner Oh, um, they're all doing parkour stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking but about. But yeah. there's several movies the, that came out. The one I really remember stuff. was uh, it was called Brick Mansions, 
It was okay. with um, what's his name from Fast Furious? The guy that passed away. Um, Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he it was a side project he did. Called, it was called Brick Mansions. It was with a French uh, stuntman that played a character in the film. Uh, it, he's one of the best parkourists in the world okay. at the time. Yeah. So they did a whole movie with him. Okay. Um, and that was when parkour really was like people were starting to see it like for film, not just as like a like a Red Bull, you know, yeah, uh, side like- event, whatever you want to call it. And at least that's when I started noticing it. I guess I should say I'm sure it was probably seen before that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I tend to steer away from parkour. Uh, I did try it for a while and just realized like, I'm not a gymnast. I didn't grow up as a gymnast. I can move pretty good, but trying to learn all these, like I needed, like you said, like I either needed to specify what I wanted to do or I needed to be broad and I chose to be more broad Okay. because I found that if I can be good at a lot of things, I'll work more. Yeah. And well, and exactly. I would say it's like, yeah. There was a definitely a time where there was a lot of parkour movies coming yes. out, and I could tell you, it's like, ah, they're at least all over five, ten years old now. Uh, yeah, that's like, yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. I don't, I mean, I still see it. It's probably still in movies. You mm-hmm. just don't know. It's not a thing that's like the big thing right now. Right. It's like you'll see a guy do like a shoulder roll over a wall, or you know, like the flipping different flips and stuff like that. Like that's all the really cool stuff. What What's really transformed in the last few years is like how to wreck, like you yourself, like okay. instead of just taking like a flat back clothesline which suck i will say that or like a scorpion where you know fold into yourself yep. done those before or just like a trip and fall or side, side whatever the basics now what people are doing is they're incorporating their parkour and uh gymnastics into their wrecks they have been for like the last four or five years so when you'll see a guy get kicked and he does three spins in the air and then slams to the ground that's called oh. an hk at hong kong flip that came from japan yeah um okay. or uh, there's ones called Arabians where you basically get as if you're doing a backflip. Like if you were to get a big uppercut, and but as you're doing the backflip, you kind of co- come over yourself and you do a front flip and you land the other way. So okay. they people are now incorporating these tricks or clipping is another one where if like if I'm standing up on a tower and I get shot, take a gunshot reaction. When I fall down, I'll hit something else and you know fall off of that, like hit hit and bounce off it. Yep. So clipping's becoming more. Of, it's what it's called is becoming a bigger get- thing stuff that looks more realistic on, yeah on film correct you know kind of, instead of the guy just falling off the building and being like oh, i fell in an airbag i know he did yeah yeah you see him be like yeah. oh no he just smacked that wagon correct. or whatever so yeah you're 100 right like okay. it's making getting I, I think i guess this is just my my humble opinion um i think it's getting away from like the 80s action film look yeah. i think people i think we really started to see a change at least not for film was like right around the born movies the shaky okay. cam fights everything's really fast and snappy and looks really intense and it got away from like the arnold schwarzenegger blowing up like you know 10 different people with like on commando like yeah you yep. can see the guys that are coming off the roof are falling into an airbag yeah because they fall behind something or you know guy does a big dive roll and gets blown up or you know i think it was getting make things more realistic i think yep. the audience has been changing for years now I'd say just probably with every industry, I'd imagine it's, yeah. it's just like you got to keep showing the audience new stuff. And essentially that we're watching movies and be like, oh, well, I've watched the documentary on how they made this movie. So I know yeah. there's airbags, but I know. And then all of a sudden, exactly. Now this clipping thing, you're like, oh, man, did that guy like actually smack that? Like, yeah. It's making the audience question again. And that's that's probably what you're essentially trying to do again. It's like, hey, we want to make sh- we want the audience. I guess for me, that's how I rate movies. When I watch movies, I'm pre- I watch movies and I try to. Pre- I'm like predicting the next scene the whole time in my yeah. head. 
And for me, when I rate a good movie is when I get to the end of it and be like, wow, I think I was wrong about like every scene. <laughs> the whole time I was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. And then it went, and I'm like, wow, I didn't get like one thing right that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's like a good movie. Yeah, that, that, that's that, like yeah. kind of one of my criterias. And then I guess a part of like the stunt thing would be some of that is like, ah, oh, I don't really know how they did that. And like, makes huh, you wonder. I wonder if that dude actually like broke his arm. Like, did that dude just like break his arm for that? I don't know. Because exactly, you could yeah. see it, and you're like, man, I I tried that. I'd probably break my arm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I guess like in any industry, it's like bigger and better. Yep. Make it. What what can we do to make it bigger, better, nastier, more wild? Um, and that's what more and more films are doing. Like, obviously, the Fast and Furious films have gotten out of completely out of hand with. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah let's be honest. I don't think they've been jumping cars in. between buildings. Yeah, like picking you, bombs off the bottom of the car by flipping them. Yeah, you you <laughs> lost me when you're dumping cars out of a back of an airplane, expecting all these people to live. Um, <laughs> but like the first three, even Tokyo Drift, I think is an underrated. Like fast I think and I, film because personally that's my favorite one. Yeah, because it's all oh, real. It's yeah. still real. Like they were yep. still driving about those the cars, cars and they built a... those cars. Like they did have that Mustang with was a one JZ or whatever. Yep, it, they, that's a real car. Yeah, they yeah, built those. So that that one maybe part of the fourth and fifth they st- were still doing some real stuff. But when they started, like I said, dumping people out of the back of an airplane or yeah, a, a tank going down the road, like that tank's <laughs> not there. Like that's all fake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a couple like that they still do for real. That's like the big uh, the coach bus that rolls over and over and over and over that okay that was yep. one of the biggest stunts that's been done in the last ten years maybe uh, I would argue it was a coach bus he hit it at, I know the guy that did it he did it at seventy sixty five seventy miles an hour and <sighs> it's called it's called a cannon so it's literally a an air compressed pipe that's in the in the bottom of the bus and I think they had like two or three of them in that one and then they do a weight transfer I don't know if they did it on that one but basically he's either got a pedal or a switch and he manjis. So he'll okay. swing left, come, cut it back really hard right, so the vehicle's almost completely sideways. So he's looking off into the ditch, and he hits a button, and these two big pipes come flying out of the bottom of the vehicle, and, just, and it just shoots it, eject. and it gets it, it gets it rolling, and he's all that forward momentum goes flying down the road, rolling end over end. So that is uh, say that just thinking about that, it's like the mental ability to pull that off and just know, like, I need to press this button at the exact time, yep. and I can't flinch. Because no matter what, even if I do it perfect, this is going to suck. It's going to suck, yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, we, we do stunts like that where it's like, okay, I know what I got to do. All I can do is prepare as best I can. It's going to suck. It's going to suck if I do it perfectly. If I don't do it perfectly, it's going to be really, really, really It's going to suck more, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I say that, I, I would have to imagine that's a very hard mind. Like, it's like that thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, I could, I could do that. Like, that sounds yeah. easy, but it's like... Like I said, I can only relate to me driving my truck and like, sure. man, I've almost wrecked that thing probably a couple hundred times trying to do weird, sketchy stuff out by myself where it's like, yeah, to do this stuff on demand and actually go through with rolling and doing mm-hmm. those things. It's, it gets, it's violent. It, it can be. Yeah. In all, in all aspects of it. Uh, but like to the point where like with your truck, like, you know what your truck's capable of, you know what you yourself is capable of. And I'm not saying all stunt people do this, but y- before you say yes to a job, you know what you're getting yourself into. That is true. It's it's your I guess that's it. It's your responsibility to yeah, just don't say yes to something if you I think this goes for a lot of things. Like yeah. don't say yes if you can't do it. Like yeah. I'm a firm believer with like if you're gonna say if you're gonna say you're gonna do something, you do it. Yep. And you do it a hundred percent with everything you got. Yep. So I mean I've seen it. It's not good when it happens because people usually get hurt. Yeah. When someone says, Yeah, I can do that and then they do it and they get wrecked out. And it's like well, 
We, uh, now I know why. It's because you lied. You, you yep. told me you could do this, and you now your arms broke. Your you broke your ankle, and it's because you suck. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's because you. I say it's just that type of work. It's one of those things where yeah, the consequences are just way higher. Yeah, there's. I uh, my yeah. my experience being, I was a machinist, and I was I was I used to have guys that would show up first day and mm-hmm. be like, they lied through the interview, said, oh yeah, I can program and do this stuff, and then they I'd get them. Oh, here you go. So they told me you can do all this stuff. You're like, I've never seen that software ever before. I'm like, what? You literally <laughs> just told me you could do you this. You literally told me yesterday you could, so we hired you. And yeah, no, actually, I need trained on that. I just wanted to get in the door. It's like, well, that's not what we're looking for. So now we have to fire you. Now we got to go to HR and get rid of you and all that yeah, fun stuff. Like, yeah. Ah, like, that's not how that works, man. No. Where, so the consequence, though, is the guy, that guy just, okay, we lost a day. Mm-hmm. He got back in his car and left. But yeah, and you're, line of work the guy lied and exactly this is like dude you just shattered your femur because you said you yeah. could do this and now or you hurt somebody else or i'd say exactly that would be even the bigger thing of like yeah, that's when you really you missed up. your mark this person was counting on you and then mm-hmm. exactly you swiped their vehicle they got wrecked not in the yep. right spot yep it's happened it's happened to my dad uh thankfully it hasn't happened to me just yet i've had some close calls but none that were like to the point where like i was mad about it, it was like oh that was tight like okay like Yep. maybe i'll just, try to uh, learn from it yeah i'm gonna just make sure i pay attention to that person a little bit more today because they might you know come in a little too deep on a punch or you know too close with the car or what what have you just different yep. things um people uh a lot of times uh in stunts like the the when they hear the word action like we'll do all the rehearsals completely fine uh, then it ramps it up. As soon as they hear action, it's just like they they lose all their brains. Like yeah. they just go, they don't see anything, and they just go through the movements, but they don't watch for spacing. Or if a punch doesn't sell, you need to be able to get out of the way of that, and or block it if it's not if it's going to come deep. I will either try to step out of it, or I'll block it. And it's just, but then remembering the rest of the choreo, be like, okay, I blocked that punch. The rest of the fight's this. Like, okay, keep going. And unless the director or the stunt coordinator calls cut just roll with it yeah i, I trying to keep stay going. in it like if a punch fails okay as long as you didn't knock your tooth out or punch you in the nose or catch you in the ear you know something that's like will debilitate you like yeah okay then you call cut. essentially i do guys maybe get the mindset of like well if one goes deep here or there it looks pretty real sometimes so, so then you might eat exactly I can only imagine the work environment of, yeah, you got one guy that's like, hey, man, I'm just all about hitting my marks today. And you got this other guy, maybe he's like, yeah, I just like to get a, every about fifth one. I like to really <laughs> yeah, sell. Throw a special <laughs> one in there. I mean, it's. <sighs> but it would come down to, like, yeah. that would be a scenario you're probably, it probably wasn't happen because you guys are groups of people that you know. Yeah, I know. That would be a thing of, like, well, the, a random circumstance. No, it, you being, know who it usually is? It's usually an actor. Okay, an actor that wants to do the stunt. Yeah, and, wants to and they're do like, the we're going to sell this. And you get that actor that really gets into their role. And they're like, I don't know if I would do this. I don't know if my character would that's, do this. That's it's like, what dude, it sounds like. <laughs> like, I know I'm getting punched by this guy today. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. You know, especially if they're playing a cop or like a hothead or, you know, whatever. And they they bring that personality. Yeah, to it's, this. you see it in their eyes. It's like, like <laughs> you know, talk to them and they kind of like glaze over. And it's like, like, hey, man, we're working here. Like, don't punch me. <laughs> Like, if you do it more than once, I'm going to swing back. And yeah. And we're going to have bigger problems because I'm going to really get fired. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've only been tapped a couple times by actors just, like, getting punched or, uh-huh. you know, catch a rib. Like, a punch or a kick went deep and catch me in the ribs. You know, just little ones. But oh God, my da- I, I wish I could tell my stories like my father can, but he's worked with them all. Like, he's done movies with Sean Penn and uh, with Patrick Swayze and, oh God, what's his name? Steven Seagal. 
Okay, wow. Right. That'd be, he's, that, worked with, that, he's worked with Seagull. Here's some uh, Steve Seagull. Oh, story. man. <laughs> that guy... Talk about a freaking wiener. Like, that guy <laughs> is just... Like... Oh, what are you this, talking about? Yeah, this star, he's not real. Like, they like... So there's this... I'll just... I'll try to make this short. There's this old stunt guy who passed away a few years ago. His name was Gene LaBelle. Brazilian okay, jiu-jitsu, yeah. like, crazy martial artist, brilliant stuntman, wonderful human being. And he was doing a movie with my dad and... and uh, uh, Seagull, Seagull. And I forget how it kind of went, but basically he, Seagull got him all riled up into putting him in an arm bar, choking him out or something like that. And he wanted him off set. Seagull got so mad that this stunt man had put him in a, had got, you can't get me, you can't get me. And he just, okay. And he just spun him around and, and choked him out. Yeah. And he's like, I want him off set. I want him fired. And the director's like, we can't. He's been established. He's stuck on set for another week. They had to like keep him away from him. So obviously there's a much shorter version, but like, that's that, like, that's that actor mentality. They think they're this, they're this person. Like I say it, it seems like when you were just first describing the stunt guy with that, that, that comes to mind. It's like, that probably is only going to come. If you're a stunt guy, you probably have a different mindset than an actor. Cause it's, you're looking at it. It's like, okay, this is my job to pull the stunt off. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to make this movie. I'm Correct. just doing this one little thing or this show, whatever. Where an actor is a part of, yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing this stunt, but they also got whatever a love scene. The next scene after that, yeah, they, and they're yes. they're trying to sell that they're this person that they're not. Correct, and that's literally. I mean, I'm. Yeah, you being it's like I think for the most part, act uh, Hollywood's been around long enough. People have been able to see the instances of. I mean, see how many celebrities. So it's like, well, how many childhood celebrities do you know mm-hmm. that we watch? You know, it's like we all watch kid shows with people oh, our yeah. age. You're like, oh, wow. And then we all grow now? up and you're like, huh, I've only seen about one or two that looks normal. Like I talk to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like they don't belong in a psych ward. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I mean, I can only imagine it's their job is to bend to like, yeah, they've literally had to teach themselves to be 10 different personalities and. Yes. None of them were actually who they were. You've seen Tropic Thunder, right? Yeah. It was Robert Downey Jr. I'm a yeah. dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> yeah. I know who I am. That's literally all of them. Yeah. If you watch Tropic Thunder, I know it's such a it's a funny movie. I just watched it and a few like, weeks ago. <laughs> man, that is actors. Like the way Ben Stiller and RDJ and like the re- and Jack Black, like that's actors. It's scary how realistic that movie is because there are people there are actors that are great. Not all of them are that way, but like a lot of them are just are like that. that. Yeah. Cause like I've doubled guys, like, I've doubled a guy on Chicago Fire for the last five years. He just recently left the show. This is one of the first times in my life I became friends with the actor. Like, it wasn't just, like, an in-passing thing, like, oh, that's your stunt double, like, whatever, which is what it normally is. Like, that's your stunt double. He's going to fall down. You're going to get up. You're going to shoot the guy, and you're going to get the lady. Okay, that's what actors hear. This was a first instance for me where, like, we became buddies. Like, we were doing, I was doing big gags for him, and... We were friends on set. We were friends offset. We would hang out. You know, we'd go out for drinks, and it it, it was cool. You know, that yep. was, it, his name's Alberto Rosende. He he was a really awesome guy to work with. It's a shame he left the show now, but um, make I say it makes makes the workday probably a little more enjoyable yes, when yeah. the guy with yeah versus the Seagull guy and that guy is just like well yeah yeah no I don't want I need it, exactly my persona needs to live on mm-hmm. so this guy can't exist in my world anymore right because he wrecks my persona yeah that's not a real thing it's like an ego check almost like they're like oh i can do my own stunts and then you get them into their own stunt you know like a tom cruise situation where he does do some of his own stuff i was thinking i was while you were saying that earlier what what do you think what is i guess what does the guys that look at when 
the thing that comes to mind is the last Mission Impossible when he snapped his ankle on that building. Oh, two ago, yeah. Or two ago, when yeah. he did the parkour jump, mm-hmm. but then he finishes it. Yeah, they he went... runs out of the scene on that crushed ankle. Yep, he... Okay, I mean, Tom, we all know Tom Cruise is... Yeah. Gnarly. Wild, dude, yeah. He's just <laughs> rowdy, wild guy. Um, He does do a lot of his own stuff, I will say that, but he's also got the money to do that, because, like, I think he's produced the last, like, three or four Mission Impossible. Yeah, Don't quote just, me on that. He's but gotten to that level. He can, he just, can just be like, it's me. Yeah. Because if he gets hurt, he's paying for it, so he doesn't care. Yeah, we could take time off. Yeah, whatever. Like, I got to I gotta refab my ankle for six months. We'll come back and we'll finish it in six months. Yeah. That's true. Or shoot around it, which you really can't do because he's the main guy. But yeah. yeah, like I know that rig, what I heard about it, again, this is all hearsay. I was not there. Yeah. Was they I tested, watched like some YouTube thing. Yeah. And YouTube, <laughs> even be careful with YouTube. Like, cause yeah, it's, they're always going to interview somebody that was supposedly there. Like what I'm about to say, like too, it's like secondhand or even thirdhand at yeah, this point. Exactly. But they tested that rig and apparently like, I think the guy they tested it with was either a little lighter or a little heavier. I can't remember which way it went. Mm. Because he, when he made that jump, he was on a full cable rig. Like, he didn't free jump that. Uh, yeah, it's still, yeah. He was on a traveler system and all this. So, basically, whatever it was is when he ran for it and came up short, he was never supposed to make it. He was supposed to kind of come up, but he wasn't supposed to slam that hard. He was supposed to get caught a little bit. Uh, and take some and of the load. because he was either a little lighter or heavier, it messed up how the system maintained him. Yep. And that's why he just slammed into the wall. Gotcha. And that's what how that, what happened with that. So, um. But yeah, Tom Cruise, as far as, like, my dad was one of his first doubles. Okay. Way wow. back when, yeah. So, like, my dad's got the stories about Cruise before he was, like, Tom Cruise, if you will. Like, back b- when like they, pre-Top like, Gun, pre, pre-Top Gun, all pre, that uh, Days of Thunder, like, my dad did a movie with him called Risky Business. Okay. So, way back, 80s, I'm assuming, I think that's when that was, but... Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, like, Tom Cruise was, like, I think maybe 21, 22, and my dad doubled him, and, like, he was like, yeah, back then he was super cool, and, uh... But as the years go on, like any other actor that gets a get big a ego money. and money, and yeah, he's got more money than he knows what to do with. Yeah, so. that makes sense. I was I was saying because it's like outside of him, there's not. It just comes down to if you got the money, you can call shots. Oh yeah, but really, if it's a director, it's just like you're not. We're not letting you jump across that building. Yeah, well, it's guy. usually the producers. The so, producer because okay. that's your money. Okay. So like the director is going to be like, I want this because you know directors are the art artsy side of it. They're okay. Like, I have this image for this. This is what I want. This is what it should look like. You know, rah rah rah. Um, but the producers are going to come down and be like, Well, if he gets hurt, we're out for how many weeks, and that costs us X amount of money. And so it's like, Nope, go get the stunt double because if we hurt him or her, we can just keep going. Just go find a new stunt double. That's yeah. That's how that works. Is we, we are we are go the expendable yep. hire, if you will. It's like okay, we need rick to jump out of an airplane and pull an air air you know uh parachute and hit this mark oh well that's sad the parachute didn't work and he broke his knee or bro- blew out his knee like yep. <laughs> like they're like okay go get another guy that's 5'11 brunette or brown hair and yep. can double this actor that's that's how they look at it yep so we, and, the, and they have to i mean they have at to, the end yeah. of the day it's, yeah. yeah it's a dollar amount they have to yeah, we're we're just something on a spreadsheet that's like, okay, he's paid. You yep. know, he didn't get hurt or she didn't get hurt, they can go home, they get, you know, whatever. So yeah, it's Hollywood it's Hollywood, man. It's <laughs> Hollywood, that's yeah. really what it is. It's it's a fun industry. Stunts is fun. It's the only realm of the movie industry I think I'd work in. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to direct. I don't like I coordinate too, but like So now one of the things I I guess bring it back full circle is sure. yeah, for stunts in Hollywood, it's like 
Michigan, we got a little bit in like the 2000s yeah. movie life. We were, you know, it was like, oh man, maybe Michigan's gone new. There's all those tax credits for all these movies that yep. got filmed in the late 2000s. Yep. So, yeah, like it's growing up being just in the Midwest, it <laughs> seems just so, so far distant until, you know, you've actually, you know, I've traveled and been around places and seen places and exactly i've i've met certain people and you're like oh wow they're not like this movie character that i've grown up watching yeah they're completely different than that that's oh that makes sense that Mm -hmm. was a character they played 10 years ago right now that's okay i like the character better (laughs) you kind of go through these things but it's not as common for us here in michigan so with you being located are you're in illinois yeah yeah northwest illinois northwest illinois so You've mentioned Chicago, like you mm-hmm. probably do a lot of stuff in Chicago, but primarily, yeah. What I guess, yeah. What is like your willingness? Do you go to LA? Do you try to get stuff in Chicago? Do you were you involved in like the Michigan scene and that I, kind of? I was. Uh, my first yeah. movie was in Michigan. Uh, okay, I did Sweet. a movie called Thirty Minutes or Less with D- Danny McBride and. Uh, oh okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Nick. Uh, Nick. Oh god, that goofy guy from the Grown Ups movie. He's a bus driver. Grown Ups too. I forget the name. Nick something. Schwartz, Nick Schwartzen. Schwartz? Yeah, Schwartzen. Okay, yeah. And like Jesse Eigenberg and like so I to, uh one of the guys no, he doesn't. I was just thinking on a tangent. He's the guy in Tailgated Nights. He's got a house up here on Pentwater. Who? Oh, um, oh, uh John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah, he's a big Midwestern guy. Yeah, he's got a house up on Pentwater, yep. but it's about north of here, like seven. He's miles. a super I haven't worked with him. My dad has. He he said okay. he's a really, really good dude. I say I know locally he's a guy that he comes around in Silver Lake Sand Dunes. And stuff. Oh, awesome! But That's, I had no idea. I was thinking the wrong guy. You mentioned Danny McBride, and for some reason I was thinking John C. Riley, but different guy. They look the same. Yeah, <laughs> curly hair. Yeah, but so the, the Michigan movie scene that was there's a ton of really good stunt people here too. In, okay, in Michigan there's um I don't know if you God, I might be completely wrong on this, but you remember when the Hellcat first dropped that yellow Valvoline commercial they did that yellow the yellow Hellcat that was drifting all over Detroit. I know. It was like back in like twenty four fifteen, but okay. there's a guy here named Ely Barta who does he does rally too. Um, but he's a really, really talented stunt driver here from Michigan. Okay. So Michigan had, yeah, all the tax credits. They they did Road to Perdition here and some bunch of other stuff. I had a buddy from high school do a uh, a football movie that they shot in like Grand Rapids area, Granville somewhere. Uh, yeah. Um Bruce, I don't remember, but exactly like yeah. my buddy he played he was a big football guy in high school. And Perfect, it was like yeah. right after the movie, he was like, yeah, he just went to this audition, got picked, and was in this movie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's sometimes how it works. Yeah. But what screwed Michigan was they changed the tax incentive. And yeah. then all the movies were like, well, we'll just go to Chicago because it looks exactly the same. Yeah, the the landscape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Landscape. Grand Rapids and Chica- places in Chicago look exactly the same. Yep. Same with Detroit. And obviously, it's sad that Detroit fell off so hard, too. So, yep. um, But, yeah, I mean... I will travel. I have traveled for work. Chicago is primarily my home base. Um, thankfully, I'm able to make that happen. Chicago has has a really good tax incentive for like TV. We haven't done a whole lot of movies in recent years, which is okay because okay, TV. But there's can, a lot of TV. A lot of TV, man. We we. I mean, Chicago Fire has been our bread and butter for 12 years now. Okay. Um, and then like Chicago Med, Chicago PD. Uh, we do Force that PowerBook Force that's I think on HBO. No stars i don't know something okay. anyway it's a it's a we do a big that big tv show we do something called the shy that's not a very good show but it's on um <laughs> <laughs> not as big as uh, Chicago yeah I, yeah no <laughs> and like i coordinated a show called Southside for a few years and then um and obviously like the new show i'm doing now i 
so th- we've stayed busy thankfully you know it's, yeah. it's good that i haven't had to travel because of chicago fire because it, you got stuff close to home yeah it's been really it's it's really nice it doesn't always it really doesn't ever happen that way where you get a show that runs for 12 years like like right by where you live yeah i'm an hour i i, I commute an hour 15 okay so to chicago. so something like that yeah, and it's not like you probably don't go in on Monday through Friday like a no. set schedule thing. It's like you go to a set when you're needed. When I'm and- needed, yeah. We're 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 daily contract hires. Okay. So unless they can't stick you on a weekly, if like you're working more than four days, they usually like they'll save a little bit of money by just putting you on a weekly contract. Yep. But more or less, my day starts roughly at six a.m. and will be done at seven o'clock at night. Okay. And that is my day. As soon as I sign out that day, that is all I'm guaranteed work for until I get called again by until the coordinator. The next day. Yeah. Yep. So that's why it's like I said, you're only as good as your best job as your last job because if you sucked, it gets out. I mean, it's a small community of some people. It's not as Yo, big as you think. Yeah. Hey, this happened. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like just like here too. Like if yeah, like, exactly. it's a small community, or even in any realm, like whether it's motorsports, stunts, fab work, you know, whatever. You know, if somebody's screwing up, it gets out, and then people stop going to that person. It just Yo. it's that's how the nature of the beast. Yep. The competitive market that's yeah, out there. People exactly. Want, you want to get what you're paying for. Yep. And I'm selling. Uh, sounds awful. I'm selling myself. I, yep. You know, I'm my own agent. I sell myself. I sell my talents to the producers, yep. you know, as a coordinator anyway. And then I sell my talents to other coordinators as a stuntman, hoping like, hey, you're running Mandalorian in LA. I'll send my resume and my stunt reel and be like, hey, I'd love to come work for you. It, it's a little bit of like finding the fine line of like kiss-assing and not like begging for work and like also just, yeah. I like to like just talk to them like they're my friend. Because I, I hate when people hustle. It's called hustling. Yeah. When they hustle me for work and it's like, I'd love to hit the ground for you. I've been doing it. It's like, dude, every stunt person will say they'll hit the ground for you. <laughs> yeah. Until I tell you to like really stick it. Like if yeah. like if you better sell out for me if I'm going to bring you in from Atlanta to work on one of my shows. Because I know all my guys in Chicago. If I tell them to do a footfall or flip over a bench or wreck out, they will sell it 100% and make it look gnarly. So if I'm bringing you in from anywhere... You better you better be ready to rock and nail it because yeah. that's yeah, how that's how it works. It's kind of the yeah the don't hustle me get in here and then expect me to train you. That's not what I'm looking for. Right? Yeah, I need you to show up on set and do your job. Yeah, that's that's what stunts is. So like when someone hires me from like I worked in Atlanta or not Atlanta, um, New Orleans. Um, I worked in New York, and then. Did some work in Ohio recently too, so I, I get around a little bit. LA is a very tough market to break into. A lot of stunt people out there. I'd say that's probably yeah, the, probably that's the hub, the, still the mecca of Hollywood. And yes, yes, that's where people go. Yeah. Makes it that type of thing easy to get called if you live within a drive's distance and are needed daily. Yeah, and there's some there's some guys our age out there that are just incredible stuntmen okay. and, and stunt women too. It's just unbelievable talents that I could probably just barely scratch the surface of and well and like that type of thing you don't i mean think of it i yeah i have a lot of time invested into the job that i do and mm-hmm. then think about it, it's like man if somebody had the same time invested into what i have do and just to falling over and that's all they do like you probably get pretty good at like yeah do, making gnarly falls happen for camera all the time yes. but then like walking and going home and cooking dinner that's like, the idea is you want to go home. Yeah. Sell it out big so you, so it looks gnarly, but you want to at the end of the day, uh you want to go home. You know, you yep. want to be able to go and work the next day. And that's what a lot of what stunts is like I'll have people come out to be like, "Oh, I want to be a stunt person." And I'm like, "I I'm crazy. I can do stuff." And it's like, 
nah, you don't get it. Like it's you probably that's probably a red flag. You're it's like, a I don't massive want the, red flag. Actually, yeah. I don't want the crazy guy. I want a guy that's like very technical. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. Which I brought up another question back to when I had asked you about. So when they bring you, you're building that stunt out. Mm-hmm. Is there ever you were talking about like ramps and stuff like that? Is there ever like engineers? That we, you're dealing yes. with and stuff like that. Oh yes. So we have a whole department in in the movie world called special effects. Okay. So if I need to blow a car up or flip a car or jump a car or I need special rigging for wire work and stuff of that nature, I go to special effects, and those are our engineers. Those are the guys that will make the car explode. They are the guys that will build the whole car out with picture cars to make it flip. Um, if you need a massive explosion, like I've been chased by fireballs and stuff from our stunt team or our special effects team on Chicago fire They're I would argue some of the best in the, in the United States. So they're States. the one, you know, Hey, I need pyro. I need to do this, blah, 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 yes. figure out the science to make, yeah. To not make the fire catch me. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, or sometimes it does. It, I mean, sometimes I've been I've been enveloped in flame from massive fireballs, and it, it's just part of it. It's just we plan for it, and it's hot for a second, and it's like, okay, that's stung, but I'm okay. But yeah, they're the guys that uh, they it goes hand in hand with us. They, okay. We go to them for a lot of stuff. They come to us for our our expertise and how to set it up, and that's those are our engineers, basically. Okay. Huh. I uh, I guess then outside of engineers, is there any other people that you're going to then to to build this stun out, or is then that stuff that is you of like okay, I need yep, I need this car flip, so I need this guy to figure out the ramp thing, and then I take care of everything. Else. I'm going to hire drivers. And all yeah, that kind of stuff. it's it, I will go to them, and I have like different measurements from other stuntmen that have been jumping cars since Dukes of Hazard days. And I'll be like, hey, this car needs to go this far. At what speed do I need to hit it? And they'll be like, okay, the ramp needs to be X and okay. to clear this so special effects will build it for me. Okay. Um, outside work, it's very rare that we'll go, unless it's something super special, like where we need someone with your expertise with machining and be like, hey, can you build us these pieces? It's going to go into this. It needs to be this strength, this style, gotcha. this design. Uh, the only time I really go outside as far as if I'm prepping something is cars. Um, we have good picture car guys. That's that's the guys that are in charge of like all finding all the vehicles and getting them prepped, like putting the fuel cells in them. And, okay. Um, whereas like special effects will put the roll cages in and like the pick points for like the lap belts and like harnesses. But special f- or uh, picture cars are the guys that like go out and find the cars. And put like the fuel cell in, and uh, take the airbags out, and make get them ready for the stunt within reason. Yeah, because okay. like if I need to smash into a, another car with like a truck, we'll go to special effects and say, "All right, I need pick points for my harness. Take the airbags out, and then reinforce the front end." So they'll they'll you know get behind the front clip and put in massive pieces of steel, so that whenever I hit, it's like hitting them with a ranch hand bumper. Yeah. Built it really in. crushes. It. Yeah. Like a ping pong ball, like just pops them off, you know? So, but I'll, I'll go, I've tried in the past where I need something specific. And some of our picture car guys are without getting into too much information. They are good at finding cars. They're not good at building cars. Yeah. If that makes it's, sense. It's not what they do yeah. all day long. Yeah. Fabricating. Yeah. They're like, cars. 
they'll find me the exact car we or the production wants to we'll just go back to a Range Rover because I had problems with the Range Rover two seasons two show two summers ago on a TV show. I hate Range Rovers, man. <laughs> they're the biggest they pain in the ass. Oh my god, made your made your life a lot harder. They're the hardest cars to slide and deal with because they're all wheel drive and everything's computerized and they're junk. I cannot stand them. Anyway, <laughs> so we had these two black. Very expensive Range Rovers, brand new, like 2021, 22 model, whatever. They're junk. And I needed them to be able to throw a 90 or and then a 180. So they don't want to do that on their own. Range Rovers are powerful, but as soon as you pitch With them sideways, the yeah, they just shut down. And it's actually, I would, I would say it's more dangerous because when you throw them sideways, they just... Then you don't have control. You have nothing. Yeah, you, you're done. So we're like, okay, we need to fool this car to do what we needed to do because I need this car to slam into the back of a Cadillac and keep going. So we tried to put inline brakes in them and our, the guy, the picture car guy at the time, it, we were like two days out from the shoot and I couldn't get the car to lock up. So I like mm-hmm. called up my buddy and like, I need your help. I need you to come down here with all the parts from Wild Willwood to like make this happen. And that was one of the few times like I went outside of like to the just movie make, business to be like, I need this to happen. It needs to just, it, just get it to work at this point. Yep. And he came down and, and I flew a guy in from LA who works on Range Rovers. He was able to like make it where like the front end was like 10%, whereas the rear was like 90 as far as power mm-hmm. output. Yep. Cause you can't just pull the drive shaft, like the front drive shaft, like. On an all-wheel drive vehicle, some of them you can just pull it and it'll yeah. be fine. On Range Rovers, you can't. can't. The it'll, transfer it case drive them. Shits, like, just loses its brains. It just will not do it. Yep. So, yeah, but that's that's like when we'll go outside is like for tuning purposes. Like some picture car guys have their own uh, in-house tuner to like work on all these new vehicles that are too small. I say the newer stuff is probably getting yeah, harder and harder. It's not like Dukes of Hazard days no. and slap a... V8 and a car motor in it and go launch the thing. Exactly right. I wish it was. I so <laughs> wish it was. Man. That's, I guess that's another reason like why I love like the pre-runners and like like the drift cars and stuff because they're all old vehicles that you could still just yeah. have such a good time in. So I guess is that that is then probably your break from working on those Land Rovers and Grand Cruisers, yeah. all that stuff. Then it's like, okay, I got a rain gutter ranger in my garage. Yes. I'm going to go work on I'm going to go thrash this thing and get yes. some adrenaline out and just some sand. Exactly right. And that... that Oh man, dude, that was some of the. Fun. I mean, there was like I said, I mean, we're going a different way, but that was a huge learning process last summer with that truck. Yeah, and getting say just taking stunt your background of stunt mm-hmm. work and then drifting. You've talked about that, and then exactly what. So then, what was your experience of getting in a truck versus kind of that experience of that first time in that buggy? Oh of, man, <laughs> of kind of like, did you have any of that? Like, man, like. Kind of like the reminiscing, like, wow, like uh, a little ride in a little yellow buggy has now led me to like, I've, I have this full built pre-runner and I'm I'm driving around the dunes in it now. It it definitely was. It was like, I'm not nostalgic. That's not the right word. But like, it was like looking back. It was like, yep. man, 10 years ago, I drove a buggy on these dunes and now I'm in a fully built pre-runner that I, I'm just, I was smiling ear to ear. Yeah. I, like, I, <laughs> it was probably a bad thing because... It was pre-runner invasion. I was like so excited just to be around all these guys I've been talking to for years on social media. Like, you, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like sometimes I did this with rodeo too. Like, these guys become like these not idols, but like I always saw Josh DeGraff and like Kinda Ben like Pond. Celebrities. Yeah, yeah. It was like I'm the same age as these guys, but it was always like, oh man, that's that's Josh DeGraff. Like, I know like to Josh is just Josh, but like I finally got to chat with them, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, they're just they're just dudes, like. Yep. It's so cool. Like the community is like, this isn't like this whole thing. Like, 
it's the power of social media if it's used correctly. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And, and it that's was... and that's the thing is, you know, as much as, you know, I'm a person that I I struggle with social media as far as just personal of like, I try to run a business and mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. my own boss. So there's days where I'm like, hey, dude, like, yeah. you got to like stop being on your phone and get some work done. And like, I used to work a job where I had a bo- like, I used to have a boss that would right. do that. And it's like, oh, well, here, it's hard for me to do that. But at the same time. It's just more so like, oh, I just don't want to fall into the trap of like, I just don't need to look at the discover page for an hour. I yeah. I need to get on here. and But the, the positive then is that type of thing. It's just like, oh, man, I'm able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And similarly, when I go, it's not often, but like I try to go to Glamis. I try to go to these other places. And I got to go through a lot of that, too, of like when I was in town, like, oh, hey, I watched this guy. I've yeah. been talking to this guy in Pismo Beach for like <laughs> 10 years wonder if he's around and i text him and yeah dude's like dude you're literally like i can't believe you're here and i i met a guy like that when i was on a trip like that where the dude showed up and like exactly i'm just like oh my god this is a celebrity and he's i've gone through that experience myself where then he's like what are you talking about you've like your social media is like four times bigger than mine but i'm like but you've been building trucks forever i've been watching yeah i've been a fan of your and so like it's the it's just cool and then it's just like Oh yeah, we're just two dudes that really love yes. trucks and pre runners, and yeah. we we use the internet to find each other. Yes, it sounds weird. It does, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, it I, sounds weird. Do your parent be like, "Where'd you meet this guy?" Yeah, oh, it was on the internet for twelve years on <laughs> Facebook. Like we met on the internet, met what? up, drove some trucks together. So that means you were like fifteen when you started talking to this guy. Yeah, something like that. No, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not as weird as it sounds. Yeah, no, just <laughs> trucks. It's all strictly we trucks. <laughs> one time about four wheelers but that we won't talk about that yeah no, yeah no, um, don't bring that up yeah <laughs> but yeah it was such like uh i was having so much fun in in the in the ranger that i should have been watching my gauges because uh i was having transmission problems big time but <laughs> yeah that, uh, they will get hot out there oh my god well yeah but anyway like we get to pre-runner invasion we worked my brother and my best friend worked for like three days straight trying to get that that uh f100 running because it had been sitting for like 12 years outside and then so that we got it was just such a cool feeling like rolling down the highway where we had both trucks up on trailers. We were yep. heading finally to go to an event that we'd been looking at for years and we both had pre-runners and it yep. was like obviously I always go back to me and my brother cuz this was our th- this is our thing. Yep. And we get there, we pull in, it's like I'm like we got there early. We're like one of the first like first two trucks there and it's like like oh, we could have came a little later. Like okay, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little excited. A little excited. We could have <laughs> chilled out just a little bit and you know, you, like you said like I remember two, maybe two years prior, I, I literally just kind of cold messaged Josh. I know I keep bringing him up, but he was the first one I ever talked to. And I was like, hey, I remember two years ago, I was like, hey, I'm looking for a pre-runner. This is kind of what I want. And I kind of need it to be turnkey because I really don't know what I'm doing. And he sent me some stuff. And that was kind of like, like finally, I was like, that's the truck. Like, I, it's funny how you know guys by their trucks, not necessarily by what they look like. Yep. And like when Josh pulled in, I was like, holy crap like that that truck is so sick and then like you see like tyson pull in and like all these other trucks i had never heard about like the rust lab chevy and uh the guy that's got that big gray bronco um the fully built out bronco the guy that's owned the trucking company is that right uh dubrowski yeah yeah neil dubrowski yeah and then the seven the godzilla truck you know so it was just so cool to see the community up here because like i kind of got a taste of that with like drifting because the drift community is very like kind like mm-hmm. you, you can accepting. ask and yeah, there's no, you know, you could be co- completely wrong on whatever you're talking about. And most of those people will be like, Hey, 
this is actually what you mean, like your your thought process. It's not yep. like, hey, dumbass, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a correction of like, hey, just so you know, like this is what you're trying. This, yeah. this is what you're probably trying to talk about. And like all, like like you said, like it's so weird, like what social media does, but like all the nervousness that you kind of get from meeting these dudes, and it's like it all went away. It was like yep. we're just they're just we're just the guys. We're drinking some beers after going and having a ton of fun in the dunes, and it's it's awesome. Yep. So like. For, to your point, like of like starting with like the Doom Buggy 10, 15 years ago, whatever that was in high school. Yeah, 15 years ago, because I'm 30 now. So, um, to like driving this truck that also has a huge lineage up here. And it was, it, it was just like smiling ear to ear. And like, it was like, this, this is what we've wanted for years. We've always wanted to go to Glamis or like race in the 100 and or 1000. And this is the closest thing we can get, which is fine. Like, yep. This is was like a, a I don't want to say like you know dream come true, but it was like it was a moment for me and me and my brother like we both have pre runners like this is yep. super super cool. This is something we've wanted our whole lives. So, well, and I think <laughs> I mean you're talking to a dude that lives two miles from the dunes. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's uh, <laughs> exactly. It's like I've grown up around this place, and that's why that's why I have this podcast. That's why I have the business I have because exactly it's just like I just can't get enough of the place. Yeah. And similarly, I think it just comes down to like. You you got someone like with your with your dad, um, yep. who's been in stunts, kind of got you into stunts, and you hear all these stories. But now it's like you and your brother are off on your own, separate. Like yes. you are making your own stories. Like okay, yeah, I, I have an Iron Man the one thousand, like this guy, but I do own a truck and I go to Silver Lake and I mm-hmm. go pre order invasion and I rip around the dunes and like it's one of those things. Social media, like I know I don't do a good job of it. And I don't mm-hmm. think anybody does, but it, it's too hard mm-hmm. to really show what this like a week like you can't really film and post on the internet what an actual oh, no. weekend here is. You can't like, bottle up the feeling you get from a yeah, weekend like, here, especially imp- from someone traveling in. Like, and it's I think that goes for anything. Like social yeah. media is great for checking in, and exactly like mm-hmm. when I went to Glamis, I got to that shop that guy that I mentioned mm-hmm. um, that worked on is like. I still am in touch with that guy to this day. Like I've stopped. I was like, man, I'm finally out at this guy's shop. I'm finally here. Like, get, yeah, to it's this like, guy, a cumulative, like, you know, and yeah. And I, that exact instance, it was vice versa. It was that dude actually recognized me. We were actually, we've, it was a side note. I was with Joel, actually. <laughs> I was with Joel and we stopped at the shop because we needed something to weld it up before we went to Glamis and just talking with this guy happened. Pretty soon, he goes, are you Mr. Clean on Instagram? And I was like, yeah, I am. And then pretty soon, he goes, oh, I'm so-and-so on Instagram. And we got, oh, we follow each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, dude, that, your shop's sick. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was already sick. They were building Broncos everywhere. But it was like, oh, dude, I didn't even know. We've had conversations before. Like, right. I thought I just rolled into this random shop. Mm-hmm. and But it's because the niche world of off-road is not actually that big. No, so it's, it's just not, like, yeah. Oh, you actually, all these people fall into it was a. It was one of my first moments where both of us were kind of fanboying. We were having that nervous energy towards each other. Yes, yes. And he was like, "Oh, dude, your stuff." So I'm like, "Dude, my stuff. Shut up. We're in your shop. Show me what <laughs> yeah, you, show me you got. Yeah, like this is awesome. Isn't it weird what social media has done? In a good. That's like a positive version. And exactly. Of it. That's where how I, ugly it can be, and like yep. how awesome. It that's why I, I mentioned it earlier. Is just like I feel like social media is. And I've done it myself personally a, a number of times where it's like I've I've demonized it or I t- I take breaks from it. Yeah. And I do realize it's like, man, I, I, I need that for my own mental health sometimes <laughs> to like check out. 
But then the reality is like exactly these moments and these stories, connections mm-hmm. that you have with other people are like, okay, like I don't want to completely throw this away because man, like if I, when I use it as this tool, a connecting tool, and when I travel across the country, mm-hmm. there's like some level of that of like when I do plan trips, um, like I'm getting ready to start planning another West trip for myself and other people. And it's like, I'm now like, my last time I went to Glamis, it was a AB trip. I went there and I like met people on the way. Mm-hmm. Went back. Now it's like I got like places to stop. I got to go check out. I got oh, awesome. You know, like I've been out west with these guys, guys I met the last time, the guys I've flown out there and been with, and now and then essentially this is like, man, if you delete this social media, like it would yeah, never... I could get their number and we sure. can stay in touch. But the reality is, is like if you want more of these connections, that's how these started. That's how you got these. In which. You know, yeah, like my buddy Joel, I, you know, we talk on the phone. I got his number. It's like, I don't need Instagram to be buddies with Joel anymore. Sure. And but, it's, it's cool, that, but that's where it started. But that's yeah. where it started. Yeah. And it's like, but if I want to find another buddy like Joel, mm-hmm. I, yep, keep that inbox open and you just never know what's going to show up. Well, I mean, that's truthfully how I found, even found you. I mean, like, yeah. I knew who you were just from the pre runner world here. Like, I mean, how do you not know the blue truck running around with, <laughs> like, with the guy with the dreads? Like, like, I didn't know who you were. Uh-huh. I knew of you, and then my it was actually my again my brother because like I said he stepped into this before I did, and he's like yeah that's that's Nate. I'm like wait Mister Clean. He goes yeah that's Dune Hippie man. Like would you catch up with the program? I'm like oh <laughs> yeah. okay sorry. Like, yeah I'm one of those dudes that well exactly it's funny enough for me that you bring that up because it's like exactly for me like exactly I'm Nate I'm Mister Clean I'm Dune Hippie like when I go in the dunes mm-hmm. I answer there's like ten things I'll get my head to turn <laughs> because of all these different things I do. Mm-hmm. And it, which makes it fun. I'll get people that hit me up just for the podcast. I'll get people that hit me up just for my fab stuff, for shock stuff. And, but exactly like I've made, for me, it's just normal. But then exactly for some you're trying to put these pieces together and it's, I've gotten several people like, yeah. oh, dude, you, <laughs> you're the Dune Hippie podcast as well. And I'm like, I thought putting Dune Hippie at the beginning <laughs> be was the obvious. giveaway. But, but then it's like, well, there's no pictures of me on the sure. page. And okay. Yeah, I guess. So it's some people just don't. Care. It's that <laughs> assumption. It's like you can't ever. You're never going to be able to make all the correct assumptions that people are no. going to make about you. No, uh, you, you know the number of things I've had people come up to me and say, and you know think about like, oh man, like you must be doing this or you must be doing this because you said this one time at this video, and I'm like, what? That is not what I was implying <laughs> in that video. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, that like, works fine. Yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, can, I called him a what? No, that wasn't what I meant. Yeah, it's like, oh, cor- I can correct you now that you yes. brought that up. But then in my mind goes like, well, there's at least a hundred more people out there that took it the way you did then. Yeah. And it just, it is what it is. It is, but. The podcast, at least that's part of why I have this podcast is like the long form thing. Sure. The reality of having like, this is content people listen to and, uh. You know, at the end of the day, it's just stories. It's just banter. We're just shooting well, that, that, shit. But it's the fun part about podcasts. Like, yeah. exactly your point. It's just we're just hanging out, having an awesome conversation yep. about things we enjoy. And letting people know, the people that are listening to this, it's kind of that thing I wanted to bring up and end on a point Uh, kind of of that is just like, I know it's easier said than done because I know I've gone through it. But that is just like, man, like none of these people are the celebrities that we think they are. No, yeah. It's just, it's just like, man. If you can message the guy and the guy's like talking to you, mm-hmm. like he'll probably be okay if you come and talk to him in person when you oh, finally yeah. meet him. Yeah. It's just like if you're messaging the guy and the guy's seeing it and never replying, like, okay, maybe that guy's 
world is a little full and too busy. Sure. You know, maybe he has a thousand people message him. Maybe, you know, there's, that's the one point where I guess for myself, I look at like my scale is still not overwhelmable. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, I do wonder like, okay, there's, there's a level it has to be get over. It has to crest crest. And so at some point I should, it's like in, in my own, I, sometimes I feel like I self-sabotage myself. I think we all do that to where I'm like, I'm really happy with where, you know, I don't look, I don't need numbers to gauge, uh, any value for me i take it as of just like hey i'm just trying to have good days in the sand as many as yeah. possible so i live two miles from the dunes i run a business here mm-hmm. and it's just like i love when people come talk to me Dude, that's so awesome. it's it's that type of vibe of like hey yeah like i've been that dude that was like exactly nervous to like go talk to people and i still get that way like mm-hmm. there's still dudes like i'm not gonna lie um like whistling diesel come to town yeah, that's and I still I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> like I'll be working in my shop here, and I've gone out there and I've talked to him. I checked his last rig out. Yeah, it's like I was on Facebook and somebody like posted a thing in the Silver Lake page, and I'm like, literally dropped what I was doing in my shop. I'm like, oh, I got it, <laughs> and I'm like driving over there. I'm like, where is it? You're <laughs> such like an 18 year old kid, right? right now. It's like, dude, it's so... but it, but it's like I don't care. Yeah, this is this is why I'm here. Yes. This crazy dude that is living life right now, wilding out. Well, yeah, is bringing. He's only up here once a summer. Yeah, and exactly. I, I can go see what's going on right now. Yeah, that and w- I'm what gonna an go experience. Be a and, yeah, why not? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck it. Or excuse my language, but like you know, why not? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know the podcast PG. Sorry, uh, but no, I let them slip. They they yeah. fly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's stuff like that. Like, but it's funny because like you bring up whistling diesel because my buddy Tyler Dornick, Tyler Fever. Who okay. has that? He's he has a pre runner. I know he worked. I say he's a mechanic for him now. Right? He is, or yeah. Whatever he, he probably needs him to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tyler's Tyler's part of the reason that that the tank got uh, Whistling Diesel's tank got um, remote controlled. Okay, I think he built. I say a lot I've of the never. I it. know he was up. I know he has a pre runner. I know he's he been up here, but it's kind of one of those things I've know of him. I've seen mm-hmm. that name, but I've never had a. I've never talked with. Yeah, him. and if you do same thing, like though, he's a good dude. He's got a cool truck. He's been building a. Don't know if he said he'll have it together this year, but it's a twin turbo Chevy. I say I know well because when I'd seen it, I think he had a coffee company at one point. Yeah, coilover. Yeah, coil of coffee because it's yeah. the truck. I remember the truck. I've seen the truck and yeah, the, the that, sticker. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So he had a some custom motor. Anyway, he's that's how he got involved with Whistling Diesels. He went down to Cletus and Cars for the burnout comp, mm, and then okay. he, that's when he met Whistling Diesel or Cody, and, that's, and then that's how that, that yeah, all evolved. Yes. And he was already living in Tennessee at the time too, so it kind of just worked out. But anyway, it's yeah, it's you know even when like side by I don't know, not that I'm not gonna f- talk about all the YouTube people I follow, but like side by side block, you know they're yep. they're just they're just dudes from here that yep. loved off road. I think they just bought Andrew Wright's Bronco. Yeah, they did actually, and I actually saw footage <laughs> of it. And I was like, oh, that I know that I know that 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 Bronco. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. But, yeah, they're guys. I see, I see them out there. Another one of those things is like I don't really talk to them. No, like not. We just, I don't have a side by side. They have our side by side guys. Yes. But I do see, like, I'm out in the dunes and I see them often. Well, technically, aren't they pre runner guys now? Well, I say now. (laughs) I say maybe I'll go talk to them because now they own a pre runner. Now now you can talk to them. Now it's allowed. But essentially, it's like I've seen them multiple, you know, I've seen them out there filming, you know, which exactly. It's fun for me of like, I go that day when Whistling Diesel is here. It's just like, I want to run out there Mm because secretly, I want to see my truck when I watch this video later. I want to see me in the background. Like, I literally. Sailing a jump. Yeah. The first year he was there, um, that was like literally my intention when out there. I was like, I'm going to see how many times I can get my truck in his video in the background. (laughs) 
So I just I spent like a whole day just driving laps. around, <laughs> laughs and laughs. And I remember watching a video, and I remember seeing my truck for like one second. In uh, the bad, I was like, <laughs> all day. Dude, you spent like six hours. Dude, wel- welcome to the film industry. We'll spend a, we'll spend twelve hours on one scene, and it's literally you know ten seconds in a TV show or a movie. That that's that is the movie industry. Oh yo. Well, and then it was the lesson. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe you should have gone for an hour and then went back to the shop because you kind of wasted a whole, whole day, day to get that like one self gratifying second. You know, what? Like, if I'm in this video, if it sets your soul on fire, do it. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know what? You got to do that a couple times to be like, okay, let's get busy and get back to yeah. work because that one second on that video didn't really amount to much in the in this real <laughs> life. Um, that just for me, for I you, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I got to sit in my shop and watch that video and go, ah, oh, man, that was it. <laughs> Oh, you put so much effort into that. <laughs> Overheated my truck, blew out a yeah. you know, <laughs> whole tank of gas. But it's not, nonetheless, it's like, exactly. It's like, that's why I live here. That's why I do this stuff. Yeah. It's so fun. And I guess it's like, I've gone through my own cycles. And I so a point of bringing this podcast back and just trying to, for myself personally, always keep that self in check. Because it's yeah. like, like this summer for myself, it was I guess I personally battled with that a little bit of like having people coming up to me and I could tell, like you mentioned earlier, that like nervousness. It's like having people approach me with this kind of like, oh, you're this guy. You're the blue truck guy with the dreads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like for me, it's just like, yeah, I'm just the blue truck guy with the dreads. I'm literally like, just that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Like that's literally it. Like there's what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, And it's. I think that's the that's the hard thing with social media mm-hmm. because it's like, well, how do you? I mean, it's just like movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's the industry you're in because it's like when something seems so far removed from where you're at, it just you kind of you're able to build it and put it on this pedestal of whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then once the reality actually comes to fruition, it's like, oh wow, this like truck that I've been watching mm-hmm. for years is finally in front of my face, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, it's like it's hard to not have all those emotions surface and be excited in the moment. Which it's like the little kid part of you that yeah. was there when you first saw it. Because now we're adults, like, but yeah. you saw it, you know, five years ago where you were technically, let's be honest, the mid twenties for yeah. most. Or you're still kind of in that growing phase of like yep. there are still people older than you that do cool things that you want to do. Yep. And you haven't had like you don't have adult money per se yet, unless you're like one of us, like where you're working your butt off at twenty five, which most of us are. But uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think to your point, it's like it's that Instagram versus reality kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like that whole like that whole joke that's like this is Instagram, this is what it is in reality. Yep. And I think Instagram, Facebook, social media, whatever you want to call it, has this good and bad way of putting people on that like yeah pedestal. And the people, unlike you, who don't check themselves, it like I said earlier, it, it comes out. Like it, yeah. it's going to come out. It's the, well, you get those sayings that you know, don't meet your heroes. Like, yeah. uh, I remember that saying, that's one of those things that like, when I think about that or hear that, I always, my interpretation of that, I, I apply it to myself and it's just like, no, I want my, I want people, if I'm a hero, if mm-hmm. you're going to, which I, that's a big statement. I just build trucks, but if you're a fan of mine or someone like that, it's like, no, I want you to know that like, like I'm literally the dude just holding a GoPro, talking to it and posting it on yeah. YouTube and like. Just because I want to. Yeah. So, like, come to, oh, dude, I watched this video. But that stuff's so fun. Yeah. It gets weird when you, it only gets weird when it's like there's another guy in the room with a big ego. Sure. And he's like, well, I've got 26,000 followers and you have 25, so you're supposed to come talk to me because I'm more important. Like, that's when this stuff gets weird. 
and that's I, from my personal experience. It's like it never gets weird for me when it's the guy rolling up in the yellow buggy mm-hmm. that is just like, dude, this is my first time mm-hmm. here, and this is what I rented. What are you, what in the hell? You've passed me about a hundred times now, and I've gotten stuck a hundred times. Like, what is this thing? Like, those moments are just as fun as the guy that can come up to my truck and tell me that everything that's on it. You know, like it's the same thing for me because yeah. then exactly it's you got to think back to that yellow buggy. The reason I bring that up is like I've had that experience. I've had people in the mm-hmm. rentals, and it's like some people their first time in the dunes is in their thirties or forties or fifties. Yeah. yeah, and they Absolutely. don't. You're showing them this world of like. Oh yeah, no, I do this as much as possible. Yeah. Like, I blow up, I've blown up this many motors, I've blown up this many trans, <laughs> and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" And so like, hey, if that yellow buggy's fun, do that once a year. Keep it to that. Yeah, if you want to be, yeah, if you're smart, <laughs> keep it to that. Yeah, if you're smart, uh, financially smart. I think, like I was saying, though, I think that's that whole like you can't bottle up what you get out of an experience in Silver Lake for a weekend. Yeah, it's it's. Like, I mean, a weekend for me, like I, obviously you live here, but like for me, it's like I always travel here. Yep. So, and I've never had a bad time here. Like it, even when the trucks were giving us, even when your stuff blows up the first dude, day, like it's, the first it's hard to have the a first bad time. two trips up here. We're literally just repairing trucks. We, yeah. me and Justin, were like at the trailers the whole time. Yep. And for the like two laps, we'd get them running, and it'd be the f- most fun ever. And then it's like, oh, I'm overheating. Oh, I got no fuel pressure. Yep. Oh, we're dragging. You know, it's not shifting. What, what have you? You know. And it was like, well, we're already here, so we got we better figure it out. But yep. even though we were on our trailers underneath the trucks, figuring out, you know, whether it was a bad wiring or transmission decided to go or what have you. It was still like nothing could bother us, uh huh. Because it was still like we got to see we we love trucks. We grew up with Hot Wheels, so it's like yeah, we're all just, just dudes. being around it, man. Like, toys. I get to be toys. yeah, I get to be in my thirties and still have these awesome big toys. Like, uh, yep, that's such a cool feeling that I'm able to that I'm able to do that, and like, I mean, I mean, this is a side tangent from what you were just saying, but like, it's just it's so cool. Like, and like to meet the guys that I get to talk to about it, like you and all these guys, like there's so many dudes I was bugging for like the first six months before I even started looking at Cody's truck. Cause I wanted to make sure I knew I was getting myself into. So when I finally get to meet him, like you said, that's that nervous energy of like, I finally get to talk to this guy in person. Yep. It's like, Oh, he's, he's just like me. We're, this is totally cool. Like, heck yeah. Like, yep. so and then that's that Instagram versus reality or Facebook or social media versus reality kind of thing. Like, yeah, for sure. So Yeah. Well, I say I think we'll wrap it up there. We're about yeah, we're an hour forty five, yeah. We got a good little chunk into this one. Yeah. Uh this is the intro back to the Dune Hippie podcast. I'm gonna be trying to bring more. Mm-hmm. We've uh we've already talked your brother's been mentioned many times in this. Yeah, Justin uh, Build Sheets is his Instagram handle, I think. We're planning on bringing um probably getting you in. Maybe we'll do one with you and your brother or we'll I'd love, love to just with your brother, but Pre-renovation coming up. I'm going to try to keep more of these podcasts coming and keep this stuff. Uh, it's that time of year where, like, the buzz is building. It's like... Getting yeah, excited, yeah. There is two feet of small side, and it's going <laughs> sideways. But we're talking about Silver Lake. Yeah. And, like, it It just helps build... I mean, for myself, like, this podcast, oh, I love it because now it's just, like... Now I get to work the rest of the day on some other customers of mine mm-hmm. at Dune Hippie Machines vehicles. And, like, I'm just jazzed up. I'm like, oh, yeah. Until I remember, I gotta fix the motor in my truck. I, <laughs> and, so I gotta do quite a bit of work. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah. And we'll I'm, get there. Same way. I'm getting excited because obviously we've got a new truck coming. Yeah, exactly. New, so the, the maybe we'll be Ranger, able yeah. to uh, touch on that whole journey. And uh, yeah, maybe by the next podcast in the next couple months, we'll uh, transition what it's like 
and maybe having a new vehicle. Um, yeah, and that yeah. could be a new pre-runner, new pre-runner coming from California for me. <laughs> yeah, so that's a. I mean, a, I've had other people on that have talked about. You know, you mentioned Andrew. Andrew's been on this podcast yeah, yep. before. He's a dude. He's brought a lot of vehicles from California and brought them over here. He's helping me. Us. He's helping it make happen. Make it happen. That's so, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, that was dope. Uh, good stuff. The yeah, stunt stuff yep. was cool. A lot of uh, like I said, it's like. For people like me, like I said, it's like I had one. I have one buddy I went to high school with that's worked on a movie because just because he's a freak of nature and a massive dude. <laughs> he's a big dude. He was a scary. He was big he, scary guy. <laughs> he was reasons why I didn't play football in high school. Fair I was enough. Like he's you know talking to that dude every day is like yeah my favorite thing is just to hit people as hard as possible. And it's like yeah I think I'm good with that. I'm good. People like you out there, and you will break me in half, but. That cool, to man. get a real stunt guy in here, uh, works in the industry, works on stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's sweet. And now to have you in the pre-runner world, the pre-runner community. Um, you know, we've mentioned uh, the truck, the Ranger, the white gutter, the rain gutter Ranger that you have, Cody Netterhood's old truck. Yep, yep. A lot of people listening to this, you probably know that truck. You've seen it around. It's been on these dunes for years. So for a little bit of time, there might be a new owner in, in this next summer. We'll yeah, have to see. For sale with a fresh set of rebuilt shocks from Dune Hippies. Yeah, so. Dune Hippie Machine tune up on those things. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get more guests in here. We'll keep these things going. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on in and uh, yeah, thanks for having sharing me. your stories with the Dune Hippie people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 